I return. Hello. Hello. You know, as we were talking, I had a great idea. Okay. What is it? You know these conversations we have about this book. This would make a great podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go on. Like, what if we recorded it? That would be that would be pretty good. I think people might be interested in listening to it. I think that's a great. I know idea. we do this for the love of the game. But, What's a podcast? You know. There's a zombie somewhere inside my super smelter thingy. What the heck are you guys doing there? Die. <laughs> You're gonna gum up my redstone. It is time to stop playing Minecraft now. Books. This is a book that came out in uh, the year 2000. The third book in the series is the longest book in the series in my books. In the novels, write the book in the first book. Books. In the uh, books. Books. The fifth book is about to come out. Two books. And in the books. He does that in the books, too. I'm like, uh, you know, sometimes whenever you're sleep deprived, it's like really easy to hyper focus. I'm like trying to channel that right now. Okay. I'm trying to get into the... Do you know, like, at which point you get into the dip? Because for me, it's always like, I'm doing okay at school, and then, like, around lunch or after lunch, I'm, like, in the deepest hole, and, you know, Mm. I can't really Mm. go go back to sleep. I just won't be able to function Mm. mentally. And then it gets better again. Yeah, it follows, like... It's like circadian circadian rhythms, but every, every time it goes, it goes more... It gets faster every Let's time. Let's start the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like workshopping. Let's, let's, it goes, let's it goes, it goes, this. it goes. Yeah. Guillotine. <laughs> but I didn't quite get there. Uh, life, but it gets faster every time you don't sleep. I think that's real. Welcome. T- Should I do the intro? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to season two. Of a song of babies and puppies. That's right. We have entered the famous phase two of our podcast. Everyone's been excited for this. We've been getting emails and letters all day. Yeah, you guys about... all got our handouts, right? You know about phase two. Yeah, everyone knows about it. Everyone's talking about phase two. You got the instructions. They're clashing. Yeah. Thank God our producers accept that. Kings are all high-fiving. Uh, yeah, this is like uh, like Game of Thrones where uh, there was a <laughs> big shocking moment at the end of last season uh, where one of our hosts got decapitated and <laughs> got replaced by <laughs> someone else. <laughs> it's for you to find out. And now everyone's so excited how we can even keep going with it. Who are we? My name is Janos, uh, also known as Drumpf the Orange of the Cheeto Guard. Mm. Ooh! <laughs> okay. Yes. Hello, my name is Chaz, also known as Chaz the Maesterbater. <laughs> my name is Emmanuel. I, uh, yep, I'm here. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's here. My name is Kate, and... Renly is my dear sweet child. <laughs> oh. uh, hello, I'm Rainer, and my low birth is written plain upon my common face. Nice. Fucking squad. 
Oh, I almost forgot. I wanted to do news. <laughs> oh, the, everyone's favorite segment, back yeah. season two. Yeah. Look. Ah, the news. Uh, for, for Eddie only. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe in my sleep-deprived state, I'll enjoy it this time. We'll see. Uh-huh. The fans have been clamoring. They say this is the best part of the podcast. It could just be this. Most people, <laughs> most people turn it off after the news section. They listen to the news section. Mm. And yeah, there's going to be like... When we reach code status, there's gonna be like new segment Supercats on YouTube, and <laughs> <laughs> gonna make us very mad because we can't monetize it. <laughs> so there's like there's actual news where like this is actually like really good news or like really cool. George posted on his blog that he bought a train. Oh yeah. I don't know <laughs> how many of y'all have read this. He bought like like him and a couple of friends. Uh, bought like uh, Santa Fe's rail yard neighborhood and are investing in resurrecting it and trying to make it function again at which point, which is really cool uh, because he invests in, you know, he invests in the community. His George is like the rare uh, rich person who does like good things with his money. So good for him, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. <laughs> the real news, the real <laughs> shit. The real news. George Simpson of the Express reports on this. When's the winter release date? George R. R. Martin drops massive hint in latest blog post? Question mark. Oh, <laughs> question mark. Okay. Uh, the question mark makes me suspicious. I miss, I miss yeah. George Simpson. I love his writing. He's very good at... Uh, he, he, he really do- knows what he's doing is, is the thing. And George Simpson writes, right now, Game of Thrones creator... <laughs> Okay, Grey of Thrones creator George R. R. Martin is isolating at this remote mountain cabin. I don't know what this remote is referencing. He probably wanted to write his. There, the 71-year-old author has admitted he's been writing every day and things are looking pretty, pretty grim in Westeros. And now, his latest blog post may have teased the Winds of Winter will be released later this year. So this aligns with what we have confirmed. Yeah, yeah. we, we have been, been known, mm-hmm. but now everyone else is catching up. Yeah. So George Simpson writes, Martin's latest post concerned his movie theater, the Jean Cocteau Cinema in New Mexico, which has been closed since the lockdown began. He wrote of how he's kept his staff on, working virtually on the JCC YouTube channel. And just before signing off, he cryptically teased, we hope to keep adding content to the JCC including new book events, once we reopen. Now, just what new book events followed by a dot, dot, dot could the author be teasing but the Winds of Winter's release (laughs) later this year? This is the only book he ever talks about. Fire and Blood Pot. Famously. Famously has not tweeted about Joker Town. And there's, there's you know, further, further evidence, further speculation on this, because George Simpson writes, Martin's fans certainly think this is what he's getting at. Mm-hmm. On the A Song of Ice and Fire Reddit, Blursts of Times 2 <laughs> wrote, I'm probably reading far too much into it, but the dot mm-hmm. dot dot paired with the phrasing of new book events seems to imply a new book is on the way, although maybe it is the new Wildcards book. Thoughts? Yeah. While Wesley P. Miller commented, I do find the dot 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 suspicious. It's such a weird choice to say it like that. Now, I don't know if any of you know boomers. Yeah, I was going to say, old people love their dot dot dot. (laughs) 
They really do. It's inexplicable. They will just uh, write you messages that are like, okay, dot, dot, dot. And you will not know what you did wrong. They don't realize that it's sinister. It's very sinister. It is. Dot, dot, dot. If you think, okay. It sounds threatening. (laughs) Three dots. Uh Three, that's right. Three dots. One is John. It's an important number. The events that he's planning is horse sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a dot is kind of an The dragon has three dots. Yeah, and the rest of the article is just like restating other things about New Zealand and... um, there's a link to an article that says the winds of winter theory. Lady Stoneheart is hunting Jamie Lannister, which that that's yeah, that's a theory. That I've, certainly is a theory. I read the book. Yeah, <laughs> there was also an article that yeah. said um, winds of winter release might uh, confer might like fix one of the show's <laughs> biggest mistakes or something like that. But it, yeah, it involved a big spoiler that I think we're gonna talk about later today. But I didn't want to bring that up already. So yeah, I think I think there's something to it. I think George has cracked it open once again. George is busting it open yet again. Yeah, George Simpson is famous has famously never had a miss in his predictions, so I don't I don't see. Apparently he hasn't because he gets George to keep personally. posting them. The Sacred Council of Georges, yeah. yeah. Probably like every George is secretly the same person. That's oh. my work of the week. I mean, George Simpson sounds like a fake pen name, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who, who's called the Simpson? It's too normal. Yeah, that's a fake name mm. from that show. Oh yeah, Simpsons. he took he took yeah he took the. But it's not even a, it's not even because we know it's just Homer, Bart, Marge, Lisa, and the baby. Yeah, George is the youngest Simpsons. That makes sense. Hey, wanna hear if I liked this uh, segment now? Yes, <laughs> not really. I, I know you loved it. I hear yeah. it in your tone. You can't. You can't. You're so sundere toward the news segment, Baka. I didn't even want to hear the news. <laughs> Don't you want to keep up to date with all the all the Winds of Winter news? You might miss something. Yeah. Whenever there's gonna be an actual uh, book release announcement, I don't know what we're gonna do. Like, I think that week we just need to skip the news segment and get immediately. No to one the will book. believe it. It'll yeah. be yeah. have to ignore it. The George who cried news. Anyway, should we talk about A Clash of Kings? Ooh, I'd love to. Clash Renly's of in this one. Kings. Who? I can't wait to <laughs> meet Something Danny. in this chapter does glisten, Renly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. And it's it's not attached to Cad Drogo. But, well... Exactly. Not physically. <laughs> to his spirit, maybe, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> wait, is it the comet that does that, or is it... No, it's sweet. Melisandre Stone. I think those are also related. It famously glistens redly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say I'm very excited for uh, for the... I mean, this is the prologue, so... Obviously, this is like in the last book. It just it takes place at a different location as the rest of the book and has characters that don't appear or let, that we're not familiar with, so that's fine. But I'm very excited to soon have a chapter, like, hopefully in the next few pages after this where we can pick up after the incredible cliffhanger at the end of the last book <laughs> where we finally learn what happens with Danny and the dragons so but I'm sure it's gonna be like one of the it next few chapters the, and the not at page 200 we, yeah <laughs> I'm actually more interested in what's happening with Tyrion to be honest mm, so. that's right he, mm. 
it, it was a very promising. I imagine we won't come his, to it for a while because there's so much else to talk about yeah. first. But when we eventually get there, I'm very excited for it. Anyway, let's talk about prologue. Weird name for a character. This already starts like very ominously. <laughs> it's the yeah. thing. Like at the first page of this prologue, I underlined almost everything <laughs> because it starts with the comet's tail spreads. Across the dawn, a red slash that bled above the crags of Dragonstone like a wound in the pink and purple sky. So it's already like colors, which is symbolism. Colors are important. Colors are, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Then there's a comet. Important. Then there's a mention of dragon and stone. Important. Mm. Dragon, stone. Dragons are significant. There's blood. (laughs) Blood is important, for sure. (laughs) There's a wound. And then we cut cut to an old guy. We love an old guy. It's Mr. Crescent. And he's, he's not just old like Beric, like 21. <laughs> but this guy's yeah. 80. Like, really old. He's like yeah. four barracks. Yeah. <laughs> four barracks stacked on top of each other. That's how old this guy is. Four barracks in a trench coat. Yeah, and he's like looking at, uh, <laughs> looking at, the, at the sky and then he's looking at ravens coming, which is also once again, I think, important. Raven's important. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at gargoyles, mm. which Important. I remember we mentioned gargoyles in like early myth talk, but I have no idea what they were at this point, except that I know that gargoyles are going to be important because they're all over this chapter. Oh, yeah. Crescent mm. just can't shut yeah, up talking it. about gargoyles. He likes them. Yeah, it's his, it's his favorite I like uh, Disney afternoon show. Mm-hmm. It was a good show. I don't remember it at all, but I just remember the aesthetic that it looked. It looked cool. Yeah. Yeah. He he's like looking at the gargoyles. He says, "Sorry, that I'm reading out like every <laughs> sentence." But it's uh, he says, "When first he came to Dragonstone, the army of stro- stone grotesque had made him uneasy. But the years passed, he had grown used to them. Now he thought of them as old friends. So that's mm. I think that's cute. That's a manual with the news segment. <laughs> yeah. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> and now and now he's like. God, he's so old that at this point he considers watching the sky together with his gargoyles a group activity. <laughs> he needs some he's friends. Lonely. <laughs> uh, that is also me. <laughs> Everyone on Dragonstone is so sad. It's yeah, a very yeah. This, this is a real ghost chapter. It's a really shit place to live, really. Mm. Yeah, I wonder if that's important. <laughs> It seems fucking badass, if you ask me. All the architecture is made of dragons. It's one of these places that you want to visit, you don't want to live there. Yeah, at some point the novelty wears off and you just live in this weird smoking castle um, and no one talks to you. When I think about it, I, 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 I'm going to instinctively say, oh, I, c- I could get used to living in a goth castle, but I'm not sure I actually could. But like, so if I, you know, if I don't need to pay rent or shit, if I can just, if I would just get to live in a, in a big ass dark castle, I, I, w- I would still not say no to it. But what if by right you were supposed to have a different castle? Well. And this was your shitty consolation. Yeah, that would make me very upset. I would resent my brothers forever. Some would say reasonably, some would say unreasonably. I would grind my teeth to dust if that happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) I would never fuck my wife. (laughs) What if the dark castle also killed your parents? Yeah. Yeah, you might not love that. (laughs) So Preston is like looking at the looking at the comet and is thinking, well, I I don't 
believe in this, but this is this sure looks like it means and it means something. I think this is a symbol. Yeah. He has an atheist crisis. And then he's he's thinking if his gargoyles have ever seen a comet. Yeah, he's thinking about what what they would say if they could speak. So they're really his best friends. And then he's interrupted by Pylos, who is the younger master, <laughs> or not master, master. Pylos is basically his replacement because Crescent is old as fuck. Stannis got a new master that can actually climb stairs. He's trading him in for a new model. Yeah. Something interesting about this chapter, I think it's one of, I think it's the only one we get from a maester's point of view. I think it is, yeah. We hear a lot of, like, interesting info about the Citadel and, like, the secrets that maesters have, which I think is interesting. Yeah, we learn about all the links in the chain. I think that's a bit later. Yeah, Shireen, like, the princess, because we're at Dragonstone where Stannis lives. I don't know if this was clear at this point. Dragonstone where Stannis lives. Yeah, and Stannis is now <laughs> Stannis it. is now being called king, which means that his daughter Shireen is being called princess now, and she wants to see the White Raven, which is very cute. It's very cute, extreme baby activity. Yeah, I think like Shireen is gonna, she's gonna like shoot to the top of the baby rankings, uh, the next in the next yeah. awards uh, show. I mean, I would also want to see a White Raven, and I'm. I'm not yeah, yeah even Crescent says, I mean, I gotta hand it to her. This bird yeah, is pretty kick-ass. I would want to see yeah. it, too. Because <laughs> winter, winter is coming. Yeah. And he's like, bring her in, but she's with Patchface, who's a <laughs> normal man. Just a normal friend for a child. Love Patchface. Big fan of Patchface. Patchface fucking rules. I don't like him. <laughs> I'll, I'll go on the record no. of saying that I don't like him. I... I'm in, I mean, he's, he's I like very him. creepy, but I like him. I was going to say I have complicated thoughts, but actually I just enjoy him. What this series was missing was a spooky undead clown, and congrats to George for recognizing that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Petrius is one of those characters where I'm like always raising my eyebrows whenever mm. he's, he's on the page because he's so weird. He's wearing like a fake crown. He's like, hello, I'm ominous foreboding character. I'm going to say some <laughs> spooky stuff that definitely <laughs> means something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I love to see these kind of characters where George is like putting his spin on a well-established archetype of like, in this case, the creepy clown. Well, I'm going to make my creepy clown extra creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah miraculously mm. survive a shipwreck yeah, that no one else did, and... Yeah, we get that story a little bit later about how he was he was found by Stephen Baratheon, Robert Stennis and Randy's father, as a very bright young boy, excellent, he, he'd make an excellent fool. Yeah, it says he juggles and riddles and does magic, he can sing prettily in four tongues. Yeah, he was a slave in... Where? Ashai? Bravos? I don't know. Uh, Volantis. Volantis, yes. Uh, yeah, and then the ship sank, and Stefan died. Rip. F. F. And, like, days later, a guy named Jommy. <laughs> Jommy. Wait, is it Johnny? It's Jommy, with Johnny. two M's. It's Jommy. Okay, alright, so my book version adapted Your that to... legal ebook. Yeah, yeah, made it join me. His name appears twice, and it's Jommy in both cases. It's right. still a funny name. <laughs> It's still pretty, pretty good. Funny. Yeah, this guy named Jommy dragged this guy out and it was Patchface and he should not 
be alive. That kid says that he felt really cold. And there's like rumors that a mermaid had taught him to breathe water in return for his seed. <laughs> well, pretty good deal. The seed is strong. No, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's your, what's everyone's like? I don't know, I guess that's, is that spoilers to come up with Petra's theories? I think he was fine. I think he simply didn't drown and was just floating and then he came back. That's, yeah, sure. And then he just decided to be ominous for no reason. <laughs> well, he did have some brain damage. <laughs> Very relatable. Yeah, but uh, Shireen loves to see it. Sometimes she does. Yeah, she does. She's like the only person who likes Patchface. She appreciates a clown. I love her. She's like she's like actually laughing at the not funny things he says. They're hilarious. Yeah, it's very funny. Well, just like Stan, she's never heard a joke. So That's when she hears these, she's like, ah, this must be what funny things are. <laughs> yes, because Patchface is just all the time repeating something about shadows. He says, the shadows come to dance, my lord, dance, my lord, dance, my lord. Bing dong, ring-a-ling, bong dong. Shadows mm-hmm. come to dance, my lord, dance, my lord. And stuff about how under the sea everything's like upside down and yeah. <laughs> it's opposite <laughs> under the sea. Yeah, under the sea it's, you fall upwards. It rains upwards, upwards and, yeah, and rain makes you I mean, dry and <laughs> It's all fucked up down there, In, that, in the honest. scale of ominous stuff, it's pretty good. It's pretty... It's, it's the Black Lodge. That's my new theory. It is. He is from the Black Lodge, I think. Mm, yeah, so we meet Shireen. She has Grayscale, which is, I think, is this the first Grayscale mansion? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah, she For has. Sure. Mm, no, I think they mentioned it when they mentioned Shireen before. I think they only said, like, oh, his 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 ugly daughter or something like that. I don't yeah, I think, I think Renly just. about her being cursed. I think Renly just called her ugly. Yeah. Mm, interesting. I'll, I'll go check. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Renly slander shall go unchecked. <laughs> I mean, he, regardless of whether or not he identified her, her illness or whatever condition, he did call her ugly. He did definitely call her ugly, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was making so another joke. It was like a he, trick. It was very uh-huh. funny, yeah. It, yeah, it's really funny to, to call like disfigured people ugly, sure. No, the joke was that you would think that he really meant that, yeah. but of course he wouldn't. Uh-huh. Right. He was he was saying it ironically. Yeah, it was like a just an inside thing. joke. His audience was Littlefinger, so you know yeah. that Littlefinger appreciated that irony and and uh, mm-hmm. took it in good faith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but Renly was like, "Can you imagine being friends with Littlefinger?" Cringe. I'm doing it ironically. Uh huh. Anyway, <laughs> also, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna mention Shireen is described as the saddest child that Mr. Crescent had ever known. Protect and Crescent is like blaming himself for her being so sad, but I don't I don't agree. I think it's perfectly normal for a child to be sad. Yeah, like, it's it's good if your child is sad. Yeah, you know that just means that uh, in their teen years they're gonna be in some sort of subculture. And yeah. then they're gonna be cool in their twenties. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Shireen is just hanging out with Patchface in her room, uh, listening to Elliot Smith all the time. Yeah, relatable. Also, I mean, somehow he or I assume with his help they stopped Grayscale, which is quite a success, I'd say. I think it's just random if it kills you or not. Yeah, in children, it's just like they can survive it. Okay, it's like it's, it's kind of like, like fucked pox, up basically. chicken pox. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
But have they ever tried to take it off? Let me see what happens next. Uh, yeah, Shireen t talks about how she had bad dreams, and this made me like very afraid for her because she she says I had bad dreams about the dragons. They were coming to eat me. Mm. So we yeah. can talk about this later, but like. <laughs> This doesn't make me feel good. I mean, they are. Danny would fucking love to eat a Baratheon with her dragons. <laughs> not, not Shireen, no. She would see Shireen and be like, a child? Yeah. yeah, and like uh, Crescent tries to tell her, well, the dragons are not real. Uh, they, mm -hmm. you know, they can't come back to life. No way, unless, unless like blood magic or something. Like, you know, when has someone tried that? <laughs> But then she's like, checkmate, atheists. If the thing in the sky is dragon's breath, then the dragons must yes. be alive because they're breathing. I love that line. She's right. <laughs> so good. Uh, but yeah, then, then Crescent is like, oh, this is the bad influence of the red woman. Probably not important. Yeah, he's like, he's, Crescent is giving like a, like a rational uh, atheist explanation for it. Like he says, it's, it's just a comet, a star with a tail. And then it will be gone. Yeah, he's like, it's it's just normal. It's just a normal, natural phenomenon that we'll have to see. And has never ever been seen before. He says, never to be seen again in our lifetimes. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, she's like, my mother said, this, the white ravens mean it's not summer anymore. And then Crescent's like, well, that's true. But, you know, winter is going to come and just... It's going to be snowing a little, but it's just for a short time. <laughs> Winter is regular. <laughs> Listen, the nights will be super short. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And then Patchface said, but it's always summer under the sea, and the rain is dry, and it snows upwards. Mm. And they just mean? ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> they do just ignore him. Well, Shireen likes his joke. She yeah. says she wants to wear a gown of silver seaweed. Yeah, that's apparently what the merwives wear. God, do, do you all think mermen are real? In Planetos? Yes, I choose to believe that they're real and Varys is one of them. <laughs> I say yes because they're on a coat of arms, and if I say that they're real, then that means unicorns are real too. And unicorns are probably oh, real. Unicorns are definitely real. real. I think yeah, George exactly. confirmed that, that the winds, winds of winter is going to have unicorns. So, Aren't they just like rhinos, though? Probably. Yeah, basically like woolly rhinos. Yeah. Mm, yeah, then Patchface says the shadow thing again, and then he says it again. So it's, you know, it's not going to be important. Shireen does get freaked out at that point. She's like, she, he keeps singing that fucking song. Yeah. I told him creepy. to stop, but he won't. I just want him to sing Needle in the Hay for me, but he keeps singing the shadow <laughs> dancing song. <laughs> God. Yeah, then there we have the backstory that we already talked about. Uh, he's apparently, like, tattooed in the face, because that's how they do it in Volantis. It says, from neck to scalp, the boy's skin has been patterned in squares of red and green motley. It's a look. I know. I underlined the red and green. The colors mean something. Colors. Sure. I'm writing the this colors. down. <laughs> red and green. Yeah, it's... We know red means something, because... Mm -hmm. Everything but is green. Red. Also means something green if you means, think about it. Green, green also yeah. means something now that you mention it. Damn it! Mm. What about uh, the squares? Hmm. Four. 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 <laughs> it's <laughs> a number. 
We'll work on four later. I don't have any four. I actually have one four. Never mind. Also, interesting fact that uh, Crescent kind of is the reason why Petrus is still alive, because they they wanted to, like, euthanize him, and he said no. Yeah, we'll just kill a person, because he... Yeah, because he should be dead by, like, laws of nature, yeah. As we decide them. Hmm. No, I mean by he should have he should have drowned logically. Yeah, but that's human logic. Like it happened. Whatever, if it happened, then there's no laws against it in nature. Bong dong, ringaling, bong dong. What does that mean? <laughs> One, two, he three. He's four, not saying it. That's the sound. That's okay, so if, you, if you count the syllables, so it's bong it dong, ring mouth. a ling, bong dong. Seven. It's the bell code. Yeah. Wait, there's seven? Or <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. never done that. Bong dong, ring-a-ling, <laughs> bong dong. That was too fast for me. Wait, wait, wait. But... There's two dongs, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Love to hear those words. you got to know about the two dongs. There's a bong? <laughs> there's two bongs. <laughs> that, that links to the green in the patch. I'm liking the sound of this. Ring, the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. Frodo, Mountain... Mountains are important, right? Mountains are important. We need to like speed this up. We're forty-five. Ling minutes. from Full Metal Alchemist. Okay, next. I was thinking about Ling from Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next person can take over because then Pylos comes in uh, and says, "Sir Davos returned last night." Oh, Sir Davos. Hey. Ooh, who's that? David. David. Sir David. <laughs> David. Davos. Oh, okay. Um, Davos. What if we just call Dav- him Dave? Davros. David. <laughs> it's just David. David Onion Seaworth. Dave. <laughs> Onion- oh, it's my mate Onion Dave. <laughs> He's like the mob hookup for onions. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a great deal on onions today. In the audiobook, Roy read the part about how Davos is, like, of the common folk, and he gave him, like, a very comical Monty Python-esque uh, accent. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it. It's bad. It's very good. What, I've heard it. It's what real. is it? I what kind of accent it. is it? Like I don't... I can't put British... Like a, like a stereotypical, like... Yeah, no one knows the names of British I don't British know the names of British accents. the British people. Okay. okay. British people okay. love to do racism against their own accents. It's not like Jon Snow's voice, which is, like, northern. No. Jon Snow. Is he like this? Is he like, hello, it's me, it's me uh, Davos, from uh, Liverpool. Ooh, I like this chat. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> what accent was that? That's Liverpudlian. I like your regular voice. <laughs> well, if I just talk like Roy the entire podcast. <laughs> that would be very good. I hate it. <laughs> Hold on, let me think of... What's another? If he was from Birmingham, he'd talk like this. He'd be like, hello, it's me, Davos. Ooh, I like this one, too. <laughs> hello? Hello, Davos. You want, you want some onions? I remember him making him sound like a pirate most of the time. He is a pirate. He's a pirate, like, literally. Wait, is he from, like, Yorkshire? Is he like this? Hello, it's me, Davos. Like, err. <laughs> Er, is it me Davos? I'm from Cornwall. Er, me finger bones. I'm Cornish. I've been out on the oceans, I have, and I've been looking for fishes, but I've been fishing with onions, and the fish, they don't appreciate a good onion. 
Oh, and it was so good. <laughs> Can you give us like a Lemmy voice? I can't do a Scottish accent. Hold on. Um, I, I'd have to like summon someone who's Scottish into my head. If I was from Scotland, I'd talk like this. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> Scotland. I have to talk like groundskeeper Willie. Okay, we'll, we'll continue. If there's any actual British people listening to this, they hate this. They hate this so much. Yeah, I'll make them hate it more. What's heavier? A kilogram of finger buns? <laughs> or a kilogram of water? <laughs> kilogram of onions. Okay, that was worse. <laughs> <laughs> Please save us, whoever has the next part. Yeah, I, I can I can wing it, <laughs> I think. I mean, the alternative is I take it. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, Pyros comes in and tells them that Davos returned uh, last night. He and Stannis have been talking the whole night, so Crescent is curious what they've been talking about and, and uh, wonders why he wasn't summoned uh, immediately to be part of the council. So he decides to uh, go to Stannis himself. He asks Pyros to to go with him, to uh, help him around the castle, because he's old and frail and can barely walk on his own. And as we pointed out, uh, Dragonstone is a shitty place and <laughs> has a lot of stairs. It is on a mountain. Yeah, it's it's not some place you want to retire to. It's not wheelchair <laughs> friendly. I do have trouble imagining it. Yeah, the way it looks in the show is not right, I don't think. Yeah, it's like described as that the stone is shaped by dragon fire or some, some fire magic that the Valyrians had. I imagine it like the castle in Castlevania. Hmm. Stannis is a vampire. <laughs> Stannis? Uh, maybe. I mean, in a way. Well, maybe Melisandre yeah. is a vampire, though. Also, in a way. A fire vampire, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They use blood for stuff. That's kind of like being a vampire. It's, it's fire and blood, so, you know, it's the same mm. thing. Fire is blood, right, Emmanuel? <laughs> Am I reading symbols right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got this one. Fire is blood, for sure. They're both red. Pretty much. It's like how uh, wine is like the fire of the gods, and it's like blood, too. <laughs> okay. I found a map of it, and it just looks like, it looks like a dragon. It's got, like, a whole, the whole area looks like a dragon's mouth. Yeah. I'm looking at this image, and it doesn't so much look like a dragon as it looks like that panel from 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 sweet jeff and hello bro <laughs> okay no you're right when crescent climbs up the stairs and davos is like i told you about the stairs bro <laughs> <laughs> fuck i forgot what my nickname was originally gonna be it was originally gonna be um yiffany longstocking both baby and puppy but i forgot <laughs> God damn it. Oh, well. Also, did I just say, I think I just said sweet Jeff and hello bro. Sweet yeah, bro and hello Jeff, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah you just gonna I'm just go, correcting correct it now you, before all the Homestuck fans are going to start attacking me on Twitter. Yeah, they're violent. Finally, someone is starting to attack <laughs> us on Twitter. Yeah, you're not big unless you get attacked on Twitter. Yeah, we've only gotten positive feedback so far. What the hell? Uh, so Crescent makes his way to kind of the, the main chamber of Dragonstone, where there's a cool table in it that is shaped like Westeros was when, when Aegon landed. And in the place of where, where Dragonstone would be, there is an elevated chair that gives you a, a commanding view. Stannis says the famous line, do you like my table map? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do. Like, but what if it was on the floor? <laughs> it would be even cooler. <laughs> Do you think the table map will go blue? <laughs> I mean, the table is kind of a floor, but higher, if you think about it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's, true. it's like a raised floor. Is it is a floor a table? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a table yeah. is a floor for your meal. Cuz you can cuz you can eat on the floor. And I do. <laughs> <laughs> is that the defining characteristic of a table then you that you can eat off of it i think so because then a lot of things are tables seems like a category most things are tables then my hands a table oh shit how would you define a table an elevated floor um i think you're right because some tables aren't for eating like what about like a bedside table you can still eat on it (laughs) you could but you can eat on a lot of things can eat on like a tree stump is that a table okay let's uh i will just go on the chapter <laughs> we can figure this one out later we'll shove this one yeah. uh wait our shelves tables fuck <laughs> <laughs> we gonna make a, a, a tables and floors bonus episode and invite brooks onto it <laughs> <laughs> all right so on the way to stannis he leaves pilos behind for it because he doesn't want to appear that weak in front of stannis when he enters so he wants to enter alone as he is climbing upwards he's Meeting Sir Davos, our favorite Yay. Onion Knight. I think he's gonna become a fan favorite. Absolutely, we all, everybody loves Davos. Yeah, he's a very likable character. I'd say. When I see Davos, all I think about is how much everyone loves him. Yeah, yeah, I like him. He's I good. like Davos. I think he's great, and I like him being this like ex smuggler, common folk guy who likes to wear rough I think clothing. And I mean, he's, he's kind of a likeable. he's kind of yeah. a class traitor, but. Understandably. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you be in this case? Crescent immediately thinks of him as Davos Shorthand, which I think he's never called again. It's so rude. It also sounds like a hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's mentioned that he's yeah that he's been uh, a very good smuggler in the past, and yeah, we, we get his backstory that uh, during the siege of Storm's End, when they were starving inside, he managed to get a shipload of onions and i think salted fish through the the warships that were anchored and basically besieging the harbor i guess they have there and yeah smuggling provisions that were enough to keep them alive until net came down from the north and uh, could lift the siege that's good shit yeah that's good i like that he did that and for that he was knighted by stannis he was uh, awarded lands but also because stannis is just such a just man he also had to punish him for his smuggling in the past and therefore he he cut off one what's it it one one joint at every finger it's just the like the top one right so I think he just cut off like the part of the finger that has the nail on it yeah that's what i that's how yeah. I imagine it so that's like not even that bad that's like most of your finger is still there I think yeah. that's totally fine. Yeah. That was even, like, it's mentioned that he likes to joke about how, how Stannis did him a favor because now he has four less uh, fingernails to clean, which is a very good joke. I do think that, like, he can probably, like, use his hands still fine. Like, it doesn't, there's no parts yeah. where he's, like, struggling to use his fingers. Yeah, I mean, he's still captaining ships, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's still shipping. But I'd like to mention that Davos said, okay, but only if you do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a power move and then Stannis is like alright I see you it's the one way to get someone to hold your hand for certain <laughs> yeah I think Stannis <laughs> would have done it himself anyway he seems like a, a net stock kind of guy in that, yeah. in that regard that's the thing is I think he needs to be reminded of that sort of thing I think this is like another instance yes. of that with Davos doing that for him 
But, like, once you call him out on it, he won't run away like Robert does. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Stannis was planning on doing it. Because he's very, like, oh, my kingly duty, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So he would be like, oh, this isn't my job. But then when Davos is like, uh, it would be fucked up if you didn't do it. And that Stannis is like, well, yeah, sure, fine. Mm-hmm. I think with this sort of thing, Stannis knows that he does forget about it. And that's partly why he values Davos so much is that he does remind him of that sort of stuff and try and make him like yeah. a slightly better person in this regard, which is his value. He gives them the hard truths. Also, I'd like to point out that before we get this finger story, they also talk a bit about Renly. Oh yeah, they talk a lot about Renly. And we see it and we cheer and we love it. First of all, they, they mentioned that why was Davos even away is that he was supposed to rally the lords of, of the Stormlands that uh, should be pledged to Stannis. And unfortunately, pretty much none of them view it that way. Most of them have, have pledged to Renly, who has declared himself king. They've either pledged to Renly or just are sitting out. Yeah, yeah, they, they view Renly as the as having the, the stronger force, possibly, and maybe on the technicality with that, well, we are sworn to Storm's End, and Renly is the Lord of Storm's End, so we are sworn to him. Yeah, that's the thing, like, not to, like, pick a fight with someone on this podcast, but <laughs> I think it's, you know, I think it's the, the, the rightful king with thing with Stannis. I think it's, you know, that can be criticized because, you know... Who is rightful? Anyways, was Robert even rightful? Damn, the divine right of kings is problematic. Do we need to abide by inheritance laws? I totally understand why you would like contest with Stannis's, like how him being the rightful king doesn't actually mean that much. But <laughs> I don't think there's like any ground on why Renly could be even considered rightful in any way. Listen, here's what happened. <laughs> The, the throne was seized by Cersei. Renly wanted to ally with Ned. He wanted to ally with Stannis. They both said no. And they were doing, like, shit all. So he... He never, he never wanted to ally with Stannis. He offered his stuff to Ned, but I don't think he ever offered anything to Stannis. Or, like, even Stannis was, was, like, not... Stannis was leaving them on red. What, what is he gonna do? Renly's yeah, like, okay, I'm next, and Stannis isn't replying to my emails, so I'm gonna be king now. Yeah, Stannis kind of exiled himself a little bit, yeah. He <laughs> did. I kind of doubt emails were sent from Renly. Yeah. I mean, emails were sent from the throne for a long time, and he wasn't replying to any of them. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can very much understand why the lords would pledge to Renly. Again, he has, like, yeah, the and I understand his side why and... Renly would want it. I just don't think it's, think it's like, a good claim. I mean, by law, he has no, yeah. Basically, I just think that Renly saw that Stannis wasn't going to do anything, and he said, okay, then I'll do something. And then once Stannis already declares, Renly's in a little too deep to go back on it. Kind of a complex situation, yeah. It is. I, I just doubt, like, that Renly was doing that for any kind of altruistic reasoning and also that i doubt that he tried to communicate with stannis at all in the first place like the only i don't think the crown was sending him any ravens i think the only thing he got was from ned and he didn't know if he could trust ned so i feel like ned says something about like oh stannis hasn't replied to for like a year because he's been gone for like a long time he left whenever John Aaron was killed. That was like maybe a month before, or two months maybe, before Robert got to Winterfell. So at most a year, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Were they in King's Landing for a year, Ned? I think it's almost a year. There was there was a, a mention, I think, at one point. It was like at least oh, yeah. half a year or something. Yeah. 
Stannis, Stannis is purposely not replying. Like, he talks about later, like, he's made it so that no one can know what's happening on Dragonstone. Yeah. All right. We get Crescent's memories on, on Randley when he was uh, a child. He so was we get, baby. Uh, when he was even more baby. And that he always liked... When it was cute. Like to be, be in the spotlight. He's always cute. Things. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I said when, when it was cute. as in yeah. his antics. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker. I'm sorry, throw shade. <laughs> yeah, Crescent has this good line of thought where he remembers that uh, that Renly would apparently dress up and, and, and run through Storm's End and shouting, look at me, I'm I'm a dragon, look at me, I'm a wizard, look at me, I'm the rain god. And then uh, Crescent adds in his mind and, and now he's, uh, he's saying, look at me, I'm a king and uh, still playing his games. And he says, is there anyone who cares for him but me? <laughs> and I wrote, I care. <laughs> he also said the same thing about Stannis, though. Yeah. Well, I didn't write anything for that. He, you guys did. Yeah. We sh- yeah, I guess we should, we should, mention, we should mention that, uh, that Crescent on, on multiple occasions refers to Robert Stannis and, and Randley basically as his sons because uh, their parents died uh, when they were all still quite young and he... yeah. He was like the, I guess, the main main person who raised them. At least in Crescent's mind. He's like their Lewin. Yeah, kind of what Lewin is, is doing now in, in Winterfell, yeah. He mentions he has sleeves in this too. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Parallel. Yeah, he's got those maester sleeves. Maybe that's what they learn at the Citadel. They have like courses on how to efficiently was. store things in your sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> every, every maester is cheating at cards. <laughs> you have to. You have to win to, to pass. Also, Renly has a rainbow guard now. Do you get Renly it? Renly has a rainbow guard. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And, like, one of the guys in the rainbow guard is just called Bryce the Orange. Yeah. Bryce. <laughs> like, the very the normal orange. name of Bryce. Like, my theory is that George forgot to change a letter there. Brian. Brian? Brian. That would be like Brian. That would be pretty good. B-R-Y-N-E? That would be very good. Brian? He's a very salty boy. Maybe he could have just, like, switched the E with the C, so it's B-R-Y-E-C. Bryak? Bryak. Bryak, yeah, that would be good. I like Bryak. George Coles, we we can make up names. Does he tell us who all the colors are later? Oh, that's a good question. Because he says each one has their own color, and Loras Tyrell is their lord commander. He doesn't tell us what color he is. I was so mad. Loras says green. Well, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I think we get all of them at some point, at least. Yeah. I literally only remember who Blue is. Dun, who is Brim? No, we don't know her. Who? <laughs> what's that, what's that word you just said? Brian. 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 I think that's how, that's how Roy says it. Yep. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Brian. He says it like 80 different ways. All right. Oh, uh, by the way, the, the Rainbow Guard is, it's in honor to the seven. It's yeah. not just because gay. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about it. There's seven of them. Important number. Mm. And I, I think things can have multiple meanings, probably. What? <laughs> Since when? <laughs> this might shock some of you, but. Two things? It needs to have a third meaning. No, that's too much. Three is too many. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, a Let's three is a crazy. good number. The dragon has it must what have two seven meanings. meanings? <laughs> <laughs> and it's boat and horse. And they're both Aegon. All right. <laughs> All right. So Crescent and Davos uh, 
in the end kind of agree that uh, with what they have now it, it makes no sense to, to like attack king's landing for example but in, in davos's mind stannis is not convinced and he asks crescent to give the same opinion and maybe he can get through to stannis that he might have to change his tactics somehow we will see how that goes so crescent enters the the chamber we get a description of of stannis who is described as uh, with a tightness to his face and flesh that spoke of leather cured in the sun until it was tough as steel. He's tight and hard. <laughs> yeah, he's tight Don't and hard. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he's not even 35. I mean, that, that description like reminds me a little bit of how Tywin was described by, by Tyrion. He's not tight, though. Stannis is tight. Tywin keeps it pretty tight. Tywin is, is quite a bit older, He's tight I guess. in a different way. He's not, yeah. he's not cured leather. He's just ripped. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I wonder what Davos and Stannis were doing the entire night together. Mm. They were discussing things. Gently talking. They, they're bros. <laughs> What's better than this? If there's any homoerotic tension. No. <laughs> not between these two. There is no erotic tension with Stannis and anyone. Yeah, Stannis doesn't do that kind of <laughs> it thing. It doesn't mean anything that Stannis caused having sex with his wife doing his duty. Yeah. I guess <laughs> denying the inherent homoeroticism of a table shaped like a map. What? <laughs> I, would never, I would never do that. It's in the room. Yeah. It is in the room. We can't kiss in front of a table map. <laughs> fellas is it gay if your table is a map <laughs> <laughs> yes fellas, is no it more gay questions sit on a, an elevated chair brooding over your table map <laughs> whenever your loyal man walks in in the middle of the night <laughs> to tell you mm. hard truths Ooh, those mm. hard truths they're so uh-huh. hard he's giving this hard <laughs> truths to him yeah. all night long <laughs> And yeah. there's nothing homoerotic about it. Sometimes, when the world grew very still and silent at night, Maester Crescent fancied he could hear Lord Stannis grinding his teeth half a castle away. <laughs> I was just about to bring That's that up. That's not what's grinding. He really did say that. Yeah, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, there's more than one. Just like there can be more than one meaning, <laughs> yeah. there can be more than one reason to grind your teeth. There, there can yeah. be more than one thing to grind. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe it's around the teeth. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Grinding the table map. <laughs> All right. So, uh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is episode one of season two. We're already off the rails. It's a gay season now. Yeah. So, there's also a description of Dennis's hair being like a shadow of a crown, which is not at all. Mm. This has only one meaning, I think. <laughs> like all things. Yeah, it just looks cool. He's got like Homer Simpson hair. <laughs> Yeah, he does. <laughs> God, I don't want to imagine Stannis's home sims. But you are. I'm now, yeah. <laughs> You're thinking about it. I'm thinking right. about it. Yeah. So. God, I was the one trying to rush us, and now I'm the one. Yeah. I'm sorry. This always happens. This is the Go 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 book, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Crescent asks, why haven't, haven't you sent for me when, when you were uh, having counsel with Davos and... Stannis is very rude. And Why did you want to be talk? alone with Davos without me yeah. watching? <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just says, yeah, you're you're old and sick. You need you need your sleep. And uh, Crescent thinks about how uh, Stannis never 
softens his speech. Yeah, they basically talk about the same things that he he just talked to with Davos and Stannis is is quite stubborn on Stannis is not mad. Yeah, he's not at all mad at, at anyone. Uh, he's not mad at uh, Robert for not giving him Storm's End. He's not mad at having to live on Dragonstone. He's not mad at all the lords that won't pledge to him. He's he's super chill about all of it. The thing is I am also always mad about robert so i can understand it <laughs> he's not mad at not mad at sure. randley for declaring himself king this is definitely a pretty bitter dude he says randley is still baby yeah he sits in council and jests with little finger yeah <laughs> which <laughs> he is d- he just yeah. doesn't approve of his brother making the wrong <laughs> friends he's just trying to help you yeah. out yeah mm. all around he in the end he just hates having brothers is asked you why did the gods inflict me with brothers same god that, that line makes me like yeah. cry on the inside mm. typical middle child <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay i'm gonna be controversial here okay, okay. throughout wow. this whole like like stannis's whole like raging monologue here crescent is like oh stannis is He's not even being funny about it. He's being mean. But I'm like, mm. I think Stannis is being pretty funny about it. Mm. <laughs> is he? Yeah. I feel like he's making <laughs> jokes funny. and Crescent yeah. is just not That's getting true. them. Yeah. I think he just has a really dry sense of humor so no one understands yeah. it. Yeah, I think like, Stannis is pretty but, funny. But that's true. Like, that's... That's that's the thing about like the closed POV thing because there's like parts where Crescent is gonna be like nobody ever loved Stannis so that's why I had to be the only one. Be, we see that Davos loves him, you know. We yeah. see that there's other people like his daughter probably loves him, yeah. even though we don't yeah. like we don't see yeah. it yet at this point. But like there's there's a ton of people who love Stannis. It's just so funny that Crescent directly goes out of his way to say like Stannis didn't even say it as a yeah. joke, and I'm like I think he did say it as a joke, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but like the, the same thing also with like how Shireen is the saddest child he ever knew, but then yeah. she's like the only one laughing at patch faces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's like really pretty cheerful. It's almost like Crescent is wrong about it. For for a child who is like <laughs> locked away with a with a creepy clown the whole time, she seems <laughs> she's like she's pretty fine. okay. <laughs> yeah. Also Stannis was probably a sadder child than uh yeah. <laughs> Crescent is posting cringe all chapter long. He's old. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, he's like a sad old man and it's like it's not so much cringe as like pity for me. Yeah. <laughs> and like everyone is like he should just stay in his room, sleep in, look at the sky, but like he shouldn't come into his this meetings. We have pilots here, you know. We still love the old man, but Yeah. You can just chill, but he's like in a way he reminds me of my my own grandma who is also like constantly way too you know need, wants to be involved still with everything even though everyone says you know just just chill. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Stannis says that this is like for Crescent's own good, but it really just seems like he's not interested in agreeing with anything he has to say anymore. So he's yeah, he's just shuffling him. Yeah, off. exactly. Like his his counsel is not like he's not going to be able to provide valuable like counsel at this point Stannis is shooting I mean, everything down that, that Crescent yeah. says even like things that are very yeah. reasonable like uh, oh maybe we should uh, ally ourselves with uh, Rob Stark and then, then Stannis uh, gets into the whole thing uh, why, why should I avenge Eddard Stark baby. like uh, Robert loved him more than me and like uh, Stannis seems seems like uh, a very 
rational man most of the time but then you he always has his his old hang-ups it's kind of weird like has a strategic mind but he can't get over his own hang-ups yeah, he almost and, agrees yeah. with the second thing he's almost like oh maybe shireen could have a little friend mm -hmm. don't say it like that <laughs> i did say it wrong a little friend yeah <laughs> shireen can have i was just saying it the way that stannis would stannis would never say it like that it just hit me wrong <laughs> I also like the one bit where uh, first Stannis uh, complains about like everyone is is taken from from him what is like his right and then uh, Crescent calls him your grace and then he immediately turns on it and like are you mocking me with calling me your grace look around what am I king of so yeah it yeah Stannis is it's very obvious that he he doesn't want to get counsel from from Crescent like whatever he says a lot of it too I think I mean he, they open the conversation when Crescent comes in he's like oh like yeah Davos like just told me a bunch of shit and you're probably gonna say the same shit yeah. like Stannis already know what he mm. gonna say and he already heard he all the rational arguments from Davos and uh, yeah he's kind of he fed just... up to be confronted by. All the things that went wrong against him and nobody seems to be right. helping him. And he seems very frustrated and Creston has to suffer it. And he does start... I I, I kind of don't like this like framing, or at least I don't really know exactly what to make of it. I guess it makes sense for Stannis' character, but like the framing of um, he is kind of like starting to listen and then his wife comes in mm. and is like... Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of just what he wrote Solis to be like, but... Mm. Yeah, he seems to be turning Stannis around a little bit on the idea of maybe allying himself with uh, the Arryns by uh, wedding Shireen to Robin, and then Solis comes in and says, well, they, they owe you your allegiance, you don't have to make any any further alliances, like, either they are on your side or, or they are traitors or something like that. It kind of reminds me of Robert and Cersei, honestly. When Cersei mm. would be like, oh, are you not even a man? And then Robert mm. would have to do whatever she's mocking him about. For sure. Are you saying these brothers might be more sim similar than the thing? <laughs> yeah, almost. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, that makes sense, but I still think it works less well with Stannis' character or mm. with the, the way it happens in this chapter. Like, Selyse is just a less interesting character than Cersei is. I mean, yeah. it sets you up to hate Selyse on purpose, right? Because we're hanging out with Crescent the whole time, yeah. so we're, like, wanting him to succeed in convincing Stannis, and then she's the reason that he doesn't, so it makes us not like her. No, but, like, purpose. I don't want Crescent to succeed. But, like, that's the way the chapter is set up, yeah, I yeah. think. So, like, we're Crescent's POV, yeah. so we're, like, following his goals, and then Selyse makes his goals not work out so we're like mm. oh she's the bad guy here so uh Selyse comes in she says well like uh my family has swords and also uh, look out the window there is uh, this red comet this is a prophecy like in the name of the lord of light and he's coming to aid us and that's all we need which yeah. uh eh, maybe says all you need is love slash blood <laughs> she magic says, all you need is kill all Randy. you need is fire yeah i don't know if we mentioned that the first mention of Mel before we get the hints that like oh she's she's turned Solis into like a loyal follower of Lore. The first mention is that he's like had nightmares about her, <laughs> and it just calls her the yeah, Red Woman, yeah. <laughs> which like was like what a way to introduce a character. I'm a little suspicious of the content of these nightmares. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's going to mm. be like more uh, evident a bit later when we get like his description yeah. of her. 
Yeah, but Celise says that they should kill Renly, which means mm. she's clearly the biggest villain of the story. Okay. They're doing kind of the, the unless bit. <laughs> Stannis is like, well, they, they, they love my brother and they are like uh, they are sworn to him, but w- w- what can I do about it? Unless. <laughs> unless. <laughs> He's, he's, he's young and strong, like nothing would ever happen to him. Unless. He's surrounded by a million swords. Unless. Melisandre has gazed into the flames and seen him dead. I mean, prophecies can be wrong. It's evil. Crescent yeah. says it's evil. If you see Renly dead, it's bad. Don't even think about it. But it's just evil because it's fratricide. Like, otherwise it would be okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's worried about his baby boys becoming kinslayers. Yeah, it is like uh, is is that how I've how I've raised them, which apparently it is. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> Oops, uh-oh. Oops. Oops. Yeah, so uh Stannis is unconvinced and Crescent goes goes back to his room. And then he takes a nap. And then, well, before the nap, oh, yeah. he, he gets yeah. some crystals out of his Stash that are uh, his mustache. His yeah. <laughs> yeah, that are uh, yeah throat hurting juice and mm-hmm. Norma mm-hmm. are uh, what the alchemist of the citadel call the strangler. What could he want to do with that? We don't the know. The strangler. But he Ooh. puts some into Ooh-hoo. his magician's sleeves. Well, not yet. First, he goes to bed and does he sleep in his robe? Yeah, he's just having a nappy. Probably. Yeah. All right. He just wants to. He wants to be strong enough to kill. Yeah, he's taking an afternoon nap to like. Yeah. Well, I'm not questioning that the nap. I need <laughs> to sleep to gain kill power. He needs to charge his. It ultimate. would take too long to take them off and then put them back on. Hey, I would do it. I'm just worried about all those things in his pockets. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I mean, he probably rolls on them, and it's a bit, a bit of a problem. But you know, whatever. He's got big sleeves. Maybe they hang over the side. I did not hear any of that. Oh. Wait, I kind of cut it all jumbled together real fast when it came through. It's That's probably going to really sound upsetting. fine in the recording. Yeah, it will. I, well, let's all laugh for... Hold on. One, one two, three. This <laughs> 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 is really sad and upsetting. I'm sorry, I couldn't... I, was, <laughs> I like knew it wouldn't sound genuine and I didn't want to do that because that would be worse. Yeah, <laughs> It'd be so bad. <laughs> but now I just made myself laugh genuinely, so I can put that there. <laughs> Emmanuel's trick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Crescent is like, what people don't realize is at the Citadel, they teach you to heal, but also to kill. Um, he stuffed his sleeves with evil poison crystals, and then he wakes up, and he realizes that everyone is at dinner apart from him, and they have not invited him to their dinner, <laughs> which is sad. He's, like, looking for Pylos. Pylos isn't there. So he's like, guess I'll just turn up at the feast, sadly. And then he wanders through Dragonstone, and he sees all the cook fires burning in the camp, like a, like a field of stars that have fallen to earth. Stars. And commonly uh, blazed red, red and malevolent. <laughs> red. He says, I am too old and wise to fear such things. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't true, because he's about to poison Melisandre. Nevertheless, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he goes into the Great Hall, which is in the mouth of a big stone dragon, which is pretty metal. It's very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. He decides to enter alone so people don't think that he's old and feeble, because that's the only reason they would think that. And then the next sentence is he's leaning heavily on his cane. Like, my I know, guy, I just take some help. 
<laughs> Nobody is like looking at you like, oh, what a weak old man. Yeah. He's yeah. fucking 80 years old and can't walk. What an idiot. That's why they didn't <laughs> like, want you to be there. I mean, they are very nice to him in this scene. Yeah. If, so. you, if you're 80 in, <laughs> in vampire times, like if you can move at all, that's <laughs> like pretty good, I guess. <laughs> it's true. If you're 80 in vampire times, then the vampires haven't gotten you yet. Yeah. You're basically immortal. Yeah, he goes into the dragon's mouth. Patchface is singing scary songs about the shadows again. Everyone's eating, but no one's laughing because Stannis says no fun zone. <laughs> Crescent, he goes where all the lords are and where Stannis is, but he has to walk around Patchface because he's just doing some wild stuff. Uh, but he, Patchface hits him by accident, question mark, mm. um, and makes him fall over. It didn't come across to me as an accident. No, I don't think it's Yeah, it's just I don't Patchface think it's lurched accident. into Crescent. It kind of seems like he just like full yeah. body. Well, it says, him. it says the it says the full neither saw nor heard his approach, so it's it's implied that he like can't see him. So maybe it's an accident. I don't I don't know. Nothing made me think that he would do it on purpose. It was funny. It made everyone laugh. I think he he's just a he's a clown, you know. <laughs> everyone likes slapstick. Nobody likes Stannis. <laughs> everyone loves it when an eighty year old falls on his face. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. He has clown instincts, which sometimes makes you lash out. <laughs> 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 Are you speaking out of personal experience there? <laughs> <laughs> we've all we've all had a clown moment, you know, where you know you shouldn't do something but you clown, clown moment you just just right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your clown brain takes over. Yeah. My clown brain activated and I had to attack this old man. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes you're out and about, you see an old woman, you have to stick your leg out because your clown instincts make you. Oh, this will be so funny. What? What is, like, Chaz, what is your clown Manchurian candidate word? <laughs> what activates your clown instincts? Garage trapeze. trapeze. I mean, I can't tell you because that's giving you too much power. <laughs> it's, it's stop juggling. <laughs> it's my activation phrase. Use it wisely. Um... <laughs> so Patchface falls on him Crescent's on the floor and he's like under the sea you fool up um, I'm a rambunctious clown the maester is like smiling feebly and trying trying to get up um, but his hip hurts a lot and he's worried it was broken he's like he's like trying to get up and he's like trying to laugh along like I'm not owned yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not owned I'm just he broken in half to be owned He's like, if I look sad, this will just make it worse. Yeah, and some, some strong person lifts him up, and he's like, thank you, sir. And he turns to see what knight is lifting him up, but it's actually, dun-dun-dun, Lady Melisandre. She's just very strong. She's just this huge is, and strong. This has got to be a MILF moment. She's huge and strong. Absolutely. She, this, yeah. I mean... <laughs> she's described as very yeah. juicy, I'd say. Oh, yeah. She's definitely juicy. Yeah, she's got a, a big silk gown that's like red and it's slashed and there's like deeper red on the inside of it and she's got a big choker which is like really tight and it's, it's got like a big outfit, ruby and her hair is like yeah her hair is red and coppery and her eyes are red as well but her skin is like smooth and she's got a heart shaped nice. face and like <laughs> big big tits now <laughs> nice. big titties <laughs> <laughs> nice. and um Crescent's like yeah she's pretty hot but I find that intimidating She's also, like, really tall. 
Um, but he says some people call her beautiful, but she is not beautiful. She is red and terrible and red. Yeah, Kristen's I don't buy like, that. Which is when I look at her, she makes me so horny, but she's not pretty, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> she's red, not beautiful. What's this feeling I get when I look at her? It must be anger. <laughs> you can't get describe how hot someone is for like an entire yeah. paragraph and then say, but I, I don't feel anything. But I don't like her. Yeah. I, I'm, it's not for me. <laughs> Some people think she's hot, but not me. I am too smart for that. Yeah. I'm a maester, and my brain is too big. We only see brain sizes. We do not see looks. Yeah, he even <laughs> says, exactly. even some of the maesters think she's hot, but not me. <laughs> I would never do that. That would be so cringe. Haha. Also, that the description, a heart-shaped face, seems kind of weird to me. I always imagine, like, a, a gray alien. And I read that. <laughs> Well, that's almost like a, it's a way you're describing a face. Yeah, it? I mean, it's... You know, it's one of the face shapes that you get in the magazine. Quite common, but yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Hmm. I imagine her looking like a big owl. Ooh, hmm. I like that. She's the only person in A Song of Ice and Fire to get that heart shape really? face description. Maybe like one other person. Oh. Okay. But it's like... And heart is also a symbol, we know that. Hmm. Oh, a heart, yeah. yes. You eat it and you gain power. Yeah. That's true. So if you eat Melisandre... Mm-hmm. Crescent does not think about... <coughs> Crescent will never eat Melisandre. That's not invented yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the uh, the symbol, the Lord of Light symbol is a heart, so it makes sense. Yeah, so she lifts up Crescent and he he's like, ooh, she knows what the comet means. She's wiser than you, old man, which is pretty interesting and Melisandre's like you gotta you gotta be careful because the night is dark and full of terrors and he's like that's some sort of devil prayer only children fear the dark (laughs) um (laughs) but Patchface is still singing so it's spooky and then Melisandre's like I'm gonna bully this old man um I mean he was doing religious intolerance to her so I think that she can bully him a little Yeah. yeah Yeah, that's true. She's like, here's a riddle, a clever fool and a foolish wise man. So she takes Patchface's jingle jangle hat and puts it on Crescent's head. It's pretty epic. <laughs> She's like, a crown to, to match your chain. And everyone starts laughing. <laughs> and my metaphor sensors are blaring when she does this. Uh-huh. But I can't figure out what it means. No, she's like, you are the uh, the real fool here. And, and what Patchface is saying is actually very smart. You just need to decode it. Now, now go on Reddit yeah, like, and look like, up the you theories. Gone on the forums and looked at the series. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mel's on Reddit all the time. I think she thinks about Patrice a lot and is concerned. And then Crescent's like, "I need no crown but truth. I fight on the battlefield <laughs> of ideas." He really thinks he's killing it. He really thinks he's being so epic right now. <laughs> my sword reason and my shield logic. He's just, <laughs> <laughs> he's just this eighty-year-old man. Getting owned yeah. by this, like, hot lady. Crescent is like that crying troll face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, he, but the one with the mask in front of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm not owned. He isn't owned. He did come here and was like, I'm going to commit murder, though. So he has to seem normal-ish. He, uh, he looks over at the knights and the captains and the lords, and there's Lord Keltigar who's aged and sour with crabs on his stuff. Handsome Lord Valerian, who I do know the Valerians because I'm reading Fire and Blood. Bar Emon, which just sounds like an energy mm. snack of some kind. <laughs> Bar Emon is like a Star Wars name. Yeah. He's baby. 
Yeah, he's 14, uh, but he's here. But he has the coolest outfit. Uh, Axel Florent, who's got the ears, etc. Axel is a very funny name. Yeah. They don't have Axels. Yeah. What? No, they do. <laughs> they have wheels. They would have to. Okay, yeah. never mind. It's not like a Kingdom yeah, Hearts have... character or something. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, yeah, with Axel. one L, it's a very common name in German. Yeah, but two L's, though. Axel. Yeah. That's... Okay. <laughs> Getting spicy now. That's that in Welsh, classic that be... In Welsh... Yeah. In Welsh, double L is pronounced as tch, so he'd be access. <laughs> um, <laughs> terrible. In, in, in it's Spanish, a very funny language. Is, uh, pronounced like an so it's, it's ach. Ach, hey, would it be in, <laughs> in Spanish, I think? Ach, hey. I mean, fr- yeah. Florent seems more like a Spanish name. Ach, hey, Florent. <laughs> Florent. Florent, sounds, Florent. Florent seems French. I'm pretty sure Florent just is French. Um, yeah. Okay. Lord Sunglass. Florent, yeah, that's a French name. Agile Florent. Okay. Oh. Excellent. Mm. That's my favorite yeah. designer. Next up is um, Lord Sunglasses. Lord um, Sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> He's the coolest one. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a cool guy. He's um, fucking blinged out. He's pinned yeah. out. He's got moonstones, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, does this mean something? Oh, because sun and glass? Mm. Sunglass, moonstones, what does that mean? Mm. I don't know. But he seems to have no personality or say anything, (laughs) so I don't know. He's pious. um... No, Lord Sunglass, to me, sounds more like when I have to come up with an NPC name real (laughs) quick. So I'm just going to use, like, I'm just going to call someone Tom Lamp. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, you're just looking for things around you and like, yes, book man. Oh, and then the next up is Lysini Captain Sashador San. Ooh. Who we're meeting Fan for the favorite. first time. Yeah. He's good. Mm. He's got like, he's wearing some nice stuff, you know, he's got scarlet mm. satin gold and he's wearing old jewels and stuff. Yeah, he's, he's got the best style of all of them. I mean, they're all pretty yeah. pimped out. So. You know, do you, do you guys think it means anything that Renly has a rainbow guard and Stannis is surrounded by these guys in all these colors? Nah. I felt like, I I felt like they so. were pretty similar things. Because it was like red, green, I just think purple. rich people have money. Rich people be shopping. It is mentioning a lot of colors. That's true. But then that is like George's clothes thing. George does love to give us some nice colors. And I respect that. It's for the cosplayers. Imagine like an adaptation of this where there's like actual colors. <laughs> but isn't mm. it much cooler if everyone just wears black? Yeah, just like because they're edgy and they don't care about stuff like sig- signifiers of wealth yeah. or anything that people would care about. Yeah, you wouldn't want to wear like the actual color of your house. Yeah, that would be that would be embarrassing, especially if it was pink because pink is a feminine color. Um, yeah, and it, but Sir Davos is there and he's dressed simply because he's a common man and he's wearing a brown doublet and green wool and he's the only one who meets Crescent's eyes and he pities him. And um, Stannis decides to be mean, and he's like, you're too ill and confused to be of use to me, old man. And Crescent says, it sounded like Lord Stannis' voice, but it could not be him. This is a pretty sad line. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, Pylos Pylos will be my maester now. I don't want you to kill yourself, hint, in my service. Crescent's like, ah, but Stannis, you can't do this. I'm the only one who's ever loved you. I love you more than Robert and Renly. They suck, but I love you because no one else loves you. You gotta love an underdog. (laughs) And it's sad, yeah. But all he says is, I am hungry. Might not I have a place at your table? (laughs) And he thinks, I belong at your side. And it's very sad. 
It is pretty sad. It's pretty I pathetic. Mean, this would be pretty sad if he didn't come yeah. into this room with the intention to poison someone. <laughs> He's doing it yeah, out I of guess. trying to protect this boy. Yeah. It's the things he does for love, you know? I feel like this poisoning thing is the kind of decision you should, like, sleep on. He did. He had a nappy. And, and, like, not yeah. just as a nap, but, <laughs> oh, like... Yeah, he had a nap. Actually, in full night's sleep, and then, like, realize that this was a dumb idea. Damn, I was gonna... I was planning on murdering someone today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I should wait. <laughs> <laughs> should wait Probably, until you slept. Yeah. <laughs> No, because it really feels like Crescent put this into his head and then it just like tortures him all the time. Like, I must, I must kill this woman. She's, she's dangerous. Uh, she, she changed this guy that I, I've been, no- I, I known for him from his entire life. He's like a son to me. And now he's, he's saying that I'm old and I am old, but I don't want to acknowledge it. Mm. Like, this is, yeah, like this is sad, yeah. but in a way that I don't know how to put it. I mean, he's very misguided. He doesn't give any, doesn't give anything from Marisander that would like justify killing her at this point. Like, yeah, he's, she's giving him bad advice, basically, or making him start a reckless war. But but he's scared uh, about the religious element as well. And he's he's probably like scared of her like sexual power. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that that's kind of how it reads. Like he's just like, oh, this yeah, no, I think sexy temptress. It would also be, yeah, like that, that, I'm sure that, that kind of like cultural psychology is in it, but like, it would be pretty good to stop a war from happening yeah. and, and stop brothers from killing each other. Mm. Anyway, but would it be like. Yeah, but I don't think this would do that. Yeah, that's the thing. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I feel like we get from Crescent this thing where he, I'm not sure exactly how to say it, but he seems like he is not willing to back down from something mm. in sort of the same way that all the yeah. Baratheon brothers are. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, hey, you are their dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, it's like a pride thing again, isn't it? That Baratheon pride thing where they can't let anything go, mostly. Yeah, I think they kind of learned it from him. Yeah. It's possible. It's kind of funny. Um, Davos is like, you can sit by me. I'm Davos and I'm lovable. Come sit by me. And so he goes to sit by Davos, but he's like, God damn it, that's too far from the drink that I'm trying to poison. And Davos is like, yeah, the Red Woman's seen victory, so Stannis is going to keep going. But Crescent's like, well, not if I have anything to say about it. And uh, and he's like, you can't do it. You don't have any allies. And Lady Selyse is like, he is allied with R'hllor, the Lord of Light. And Crescent's like, I wouldn't ally with a god. That seems like a bad idea. Patchface sings some more. Lady Selyse is like... Put on Patchface's helm again. This was a great joke. Let's just do it again. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> you know, I said I said I don't really like the character, like the, the function that Lady Sally's has, or like the way he wrote her character. But I, it's pretty funny how much she can't read the room at this point. She's like, put on the helm yeah. if you want to be a clown. <laughs> if you're gonna come out with this clown shit, wear a wear a clown hat. And Sanus is like, yeah, she's she's the queen. So put put the hat on Crescent um, and the mace is like no you can't do that you don't understand laughter or humor <laughs> please don't make me a joke man but Patchface is gonna do it and then he's like okay I have a cunning plan and he gets a cup of wine from Davos and he puts the poison in the cup and is like here we go and Davos saw but no one else did and Davos is just like okay I don't know what's happening but uh, I guess <laughs> 
I guess this is happening. And Crescent's like, Lady Melisandre, will you have a cup of wine with me? Let's both drink from this wine. This isn't suspicious. And toast to the Lord of Light. Yeah. There's no way this could He's go wrong. He's basically decided this is his last stand. Yeah. He's like, I will take her down with me, even though this is super unnecessary. He goes he goes towards her, and Crescent says he only saw her red silk, red eyes, the red ruby at her throat, red lips curled in a faint smile as she put her hand atop his own around the cup. Her skin felt hot, feverish. It is not too late to spill the wine, Maester. See, she's trying to give him an out here. She's yeah, like, dude, I, you don't I, I have really to like do that. this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Melisandre. I think she's good. We all. And he's like, nope, I'm doing this. Uh, so she drinks a lot of it, but there's a tiny bit left and she gives it to him. He drinks it and he starts to die and she's like, she's like, the gods do have power here. Look, I'm fine. And at her throat, the ruby shimmered redly. Um, fire cleanses. And so she's not dying, but he is dying and the poison is strangling him. But as he dies, he shook his head, denying her, denying her power, denying her magic, denying her god. And the cowbells peeled in his antlers, singing fool, 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 while the red woman looked down at him in pity, the candle flames dancing in her red, red eyes. And he's he's dead. Red, red eyes is my favorite UB40 song. (laughs) I was going to say it's my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh card. (laughs) Oh, that's good too. Um, red eyes, dead crescent. Okay, I can. <laughs> wow, we made it through the whole yeah, chapter. Yeah, like all this, all this final <sighs> stretch to me, like so. There's, there's like so many points for crescent where he could stop. Because like it's not yeah. going, we- it's not going well at all. She puts her hand like over his, looks into his eyes, and says, "You know, you don't gotta do this." And he says, "No, I have to." <laughs> He's, I can't. He's a stubborn little <laughs> man. Have to do it. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It's really sad. God. Well, if. F. F. I guess we'll just all post yeah. F. F. Uh, R.A.P. Crescent, we really barely knew you, but you seem significant. Hmm. <laughs> it seemed like you were. I knew him pretty well. It seemed like you raised three of the most important characters in the story. Yeah. And like them, you died from being stubborn. That yeah. doesn't sound right. <laughs> 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 okay now is it time for everything else i guess we can talk about colors now <laughs> it's time to go to the spoilers yeah okay yeah i've seen improv i did not care for it if i want to see clowns i'd go to a real circus <laughs> Get him. Okay, okay. Let's get into numbers. I remember the first time I read this chapter, I was so confused. Here, wait, wait, wait. Let's first, uh, let's do some spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. Yeah, sure. The spoiler zone. Is she gonna. I think I was pretty confused by this chapter the first time, yeah. too. Yeah, but for me, characters you just don't know. Yeah, exactly. There's so many new characters, completely new setting. You know, the the last book ended on such a cliffhanger, but I also just wanted to meet like my friends John and Arya and Tyrion again, because at that point I still (laughs) thought he was epic. I think I also was I was confused by the prologue being a character I didn't know because I hadn't realized that that was what happens yet. Yeah, and also once again the character whose perspective like i didn't pick up on the pattern yet that 
the yeah. prologue characters are likely to die or the prologue yeah, POVs. It's like fool me once. Yeah. <laughs> Shame on you. Fool me twice. George's trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, we were talking about framing of Celise and Mel like you really only on a on a second reread coming back see Mel like being very sympathetic and trying yeah. to give Crescent every chance and but she's also you know trying to show her power and and she I think it's kind of a utilitarian choice where it's like well this guy is not very useful he's set on this and I can impress my king at the same time and I'm gonna give him a chance but you know it's his choice sometimes it's just your choice yeah. Yeah. also maybe if like if he survives it he maybe comes up with another smarter plan to kill her <laughs> that's true but he's like does he at this point already suspect her because I, I wonder if he just wants to get rid of her because he doesn't want he doesn't want Stannis to start a war or if like the, the descriptions of her do make it feel like she seems to be to have like supernatural power or like some powers that are like beyond what you would oh, encounter yeah. as a maester because because at this point like if you consider Melisandre as like actually uh, someone who can do dangerous magic then it's obviously like a very bad plan to try to poison her yeah but this is also like and they don't like magic do they This is like a culture that's steeped in the kind of, you know, the temptress, like, woman, yeah. the, like, witch, witch yeah. archetype. That's yeah, that's like, what I was wondering. If he, like, actually I, yeah. realized that she has, that, that she's magic. That she's the real deal. He's being, he's being sexism at her. He's being, like, kind of, like, racism almost. Yeah. He says he, her voice is tinted with, like, the music of the Jade Sea. So I feel like maybe she's, like, Asian or yeah. something? She's from Ashai. She's not from yeah. Ashai. Yeah. Or was she? Because yeah, she's, she's like Melisandre of Ashai, right? Well, she was yeah. a slave. Well, they just say that because that's where she yeah. like, learned her magic or whatever. I'm sure that's how she introduces herself. Mm. But she has like a, a Jade Sea accent, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. And then, of course, he's being rude to her religion. So he's just like underestimating her, basically. But also, we I mean, we we are in his head all the time and he never thinks of her as being like a charlatan or someone who's just like bullshitting With like a yeah, because then she, then he like wouldn't that. be like how dangerous yeah. she is. Mm. Yeah, he's worried about her like influencing other people and and filling their heads with like the comet as a dragon's mm. tail yeah. or whatever. And I mean, I'm I'm not saying this as like a criticism on George's writing or whatever. Like, I think it it totally makes sense that mm. th there would be like this kind of cognitive dissonance in in him, where he's like, uh, "This this woman is too powerful, but I can still I can still stop her." Like this, or this yeah. kind of hubris, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's like just how sexism works. Yeah. You know, if we uh, they're too powerful, but also they're weak and whatever, like bullshit. And also, he's of the mind that, like, oh, he's, the maesters are above, like, believing in prophecy and stuff. Mm -hmm. How do you guys think she unpoisoned? I think oh. it, it's gotta it's just be magic. magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, know, either, like... We she... see, like, you know, the Mel chapter later, she, a lot of the stuff she does isn't magic. 
Like, she would have seen a prophecy of him trying to kill her. Like, she says that those are the prophecies she sees the most often. She rolled a 20 on the constitution <laughs> check. No, she just built up... She just did the Princess yeah. Bride thing. She built up an immunity to the I feel like she could have, like, pocketed an antidote or something. Like, really easily. Because she would have known what was going to happen. I totally agree, yeah. You you were saying that Davos, uh, in his chapter where he's trying to kill her, says that, like, she senses like threats to herself first and Mm -hmm. if she like knew the mechanism he was going to use and she's from a shy where the poison is from so she could know an antidote and just like had drank that or whatever yeah like i don't think it was really like magic that she like burned it away with fire or something like that i think she was playing that up a little Mm -hmm. bit maybe you can get maybe you can get vaccinated against the strangler I don't know. I don't rule out that possibility because Melisandre is not, she's not like a, a normal human. She doesn't need to sleep. She doesn't need to eat. Mm. Uh, she sleeps very little, but you know, she doesn't like operate on the same needs as humans. So yeah. she's also very old, apparently. Yeah. Who knows? That's not confirmed. I think she's at least a hundred. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to be like she takes off her stone and then she's old. Like, <laughs> And then the no, camera looks at the book's camera looks at her old boobies. Yeah, and then we need to feel bad about having a boner before, and that's funny. Oh, that's the most significant part of her character. The wiki says she's four hundred and two. It says she's a non-alien creature. <laughs> which which wiki? I don't know. I just Google which wiki is this. It says, it says she's four. She's four twenty. <laughs> it says non-alien creatures wiki, Melissa. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> she's simply a non-alien creature <laughs> and she's 402 okay why not 420 yeah yeah oh damn she's she can make it i believe in email then we would know what the what the bong in uh so about the thing the, the magic thing i i also like like the Terry Pratchett idea of magic where it's always like like the the magicians or the witches real skill is knowing not to use magic even though like they they actually can but most of the time like 99% of yeah. the time they're just gonna do like normal things mm. I, I think this is part of what Melisandre does like the if she's like actually playing it up here yeah. to make it look more magical than it actually is well, we, we know she can do magic she does some. She knows isn't some spells. It, it's very hard. It's a lot yeah. harder for her than it seems. Like it takes a toll on her that she doesn't let people see. Yeah, it doesn't seem like yeah. like a song of ice and fire. Doesn't seem like or is not a. I, I guess I guess this is like pretty safe to say that doing magic is not easy. Like we've had it with yeah. uh, with yeah, Lady Master. Like ma- magic kind of happens, and some people have a talent to channel it in some way but no one seems to really control it mm. or, or yeah it's not like you can just swing a wand and say a word yeah. and then you can and then the magic just yeah. happens like it's yeah those things are probably bullshit there's as other parts it's more of like an equivalent exchange thing so it's yeah like it needs to have a cost so it would make sense if she had a way to prevent it non-magically that she would do that yeah i definitely agree also, I kind of think that when there's, like, one character in a story who can do a lot of magic, that it can get boring to mm. learn about them. Yeah. Because if it's just like, oh, I'll just fix this with magic, I'm like, yeah. okay, well, why don't you just do that with everything? Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a toll. Yeah. 
Alright, let's do all these symbols. Hell yeah. Let's do all these numbers. Wait, I was gonna ask like about one more spoiler thing because of Shireen. Oh yeah. Like her, the dream she has about how the dragon's gonna come and eat her. Is that like a... I don't know, is that like... I mean, Crescent says that Shireen has been having nightmares for as long as she's Mm. been alive, basically. I think Shireen has dragon dreams. Because she is like part of the Targaryen bloodline. Mm. True, yeah. Yeah, like, if you look at Danny's dreams, where first it's just, like, a dragon is there, and it's really scary, and it's uh, covered yeah. in her blood and shit, like... You would call that a nightmare, yeah. Yeah, if a little child is seeing that, and they're like, I don't get it, or they're not getting the same kind of reassurance from it, very, yeah, very nightmarish. Yeah, I don't discount that idea. I don't think it that she'll literally be eaten by dragons. Yeah. I think it's... Yeah, it's metaphor the way like, that Danny's dreams are metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She, she's too young to understand what metaphors are. I don't know how the waking the stone dragons thing is going to work in the books, but it, if if it was a similar sort of thing, then in the way she is being sort of consumed by the dragons. Uh, related to, to, to that, I think, like on the thread of Shireen, I can now bring up the, the, the article I mentioned at the beginning, which which is like was like Winds of Winter release can fix this thing that the show did, and it was referencing Shireen being burned. Like the article said, well in the show it's like one of the most brutal deaths, but in the books George has the chance to fix this, <laughs> which is a dumb way to put it. Yeah, fix it by not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, what do what do you all think? Is something bad gonna happen to her? Is it gonna be like similar to that? In any way, is it just not gonna happen? I kind of think it's gonna happen. Yeah, like she's getting sacrificed by Melisandre for some reason. Yeah. That's something that, that is cruel but makes sense and it is not just, well, let's make a sacrifice for, in some vague way, helping yeah. us win the war. Like, I'm, I'm very convinced that it's not gonna be like Stannis is standing there and uh, and him and Celise are looking at it and enjoying it. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah, not think... gonna happen. Because Stannis is like kind of a Ned mm. character, right? So he would be like, "Oh, my morals," but then when it's something he actually cares about, he wouldn't be able to let it happen. But I do think that Mel and probably Celise would mm. be capable of it. I don't. I I'm honestly like, as much as I like Stannis, I think that he would do it. But I, I don't know if that is the way that it will go, because... I mean, they are, they are separated by the end of Dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Maybe they're reunited. I, I Maybe it's something like he is penned up in Winterfell and the others are all around them and Mel says, you know, you gotta do this. And it's like the same mm-hmm. thing with Storm's End, where yeah. he's down to rats and mm-hmm. he's only got one option left. And it's like cannibalism but there won't be davos to get them out of it this time so i'm not saying that they're gonna eat her i'm saying that like he'll be in that situation where it's so desperate and he sees that as the only way and he's been wrestling with this question of like but he's already given us his position on it that like it's worth it to kill one child to save the world yeah and you know whether or not we agree with it that's what he said so i don't know if that would change if it's his daughter I mean, if he if he becomes king and he doesn't have an heir, then we're just going to have this problem in another, like, 20 years or something. Right, but I think at that point there will be more pressing concerns, like the others. 
because I do think that he'll be fighting them directly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it might be an Anisonissa thing, like he's also a high end. Like Melisandre is telling him, well, your daughter is this Anisonissa you have to sacrifice. I don't don't really feel like Shireen is Anisonissa, you know? Like, it would be either Selyse or Mel, right? I I agree with you, but it's also like what the characters actually think, so... Yeah. And the other thing is that he could even, like, extend the, the like, horse-before-the-cart logic to this thing, where he's not going to be worried about, like, setting up a dynasty. He's worried about saving the world. Yeah. So he's like, I'm doing the kingly thing of saving the world and sacrificing my line. Yeah. I don't know how... As, we'll... as cruel as it sounds, you can always make another heir. <laughs> I mean, he's in his <laughs> mid-30s. I mean, so. it seems like he can't. <laughs> Canny though, yeah. He hates I love how he's like, thing, I though. fuck like once or twice a year. For some reason, we're not getting pregnant. <laughs> He'll just make another shadow baby, and we'll have a shadow king. Ooh, I love our shadow king. <laughs> Is that foreshadowing? <laughs> the small folk are like, "Hey, did you hear about the new king?" They're like, uh, "What, Joffrey? No, the shadow king." The shadow king. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you heard about our immortal shadow king? <laughs> He's such a good king because he can't kill anybody. Because if he does, he'll disappear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Also, he can't die, this. so there will never be any wars of succession. Oh, that's good. Yeah. All right. What what numbers? What are numbers? Okay. Okay. So let's go through all of them. One. Of, there's lots. One. <laughs> there's lots of ones. There's lots of there's lots <laughs> and lots of threes in this chapter. Yeah. Almost like I think they might be an important number. So here are all the threes that I have. And we can talk about if they mean anything. The first one is there's the maester is talking with his two gargoyles, right? And one of them is a, it's a hellhound, and the other one is a wyvern. So there's an old man, a wolf, and a dragon. So I think that that's important because mm-hmm. we already talked about how the wolves are hellhounds because their eyes are fire and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I mean hound, wolf, yeah. it's like uh-huh. goes in similar. Although it could be like. <laughs> Could it be like the hound, like the hound, hellhound? Mm-hmm. I mean, he is—he is, he is uh, one of them. He's like literally, uh, yeah. Basically, after killing Micah, the only thing he does is try to protect Starks. So okay, yeah, it m- makes sense. Like he wouldn't have made like one of the characters have the hound, like a, a, like a dog as his animal, as his as his persona, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not have him connected to the wolves. Yeah, pretty much. And I'm simplifying things, obviously. And he's not like a great guy or whatever. But anyway. All right. So I don't really know what that three means, but it's definitely there. They're mm-hmm. they're the ones who are seeing the comet, so they have something to do with that. The next three is. I think there's other. There's, there's like gargoyles all over the all over Dragonstone. Yeah, so. but he like specifically says yeah. the three of them watch the sky together. Well, the thing is, so the number that's associated with all of the gargoyles on Dragonstone is uh, a thousand or like thousands. Mm-hmm. And that's associated with three because in the Karth myth, a thousand thousand dragons pour out. So it's either a million or a thousand. They're kind of the same. But then whenever Danny does it, it's three dragons. So three and a thousand. Yeah, or... Dragonstone has a thousand dragons and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> They're also 12 feet tall, the gargoyles. Yeah, they are 12 feet up. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. The next three is the old man, the little girl, and the sad fool. Mm-hmm. 
I was like trying to figure out what this one is. So, what's the answer? <laughs> it's a it's a setup for a joke. Do we walk into a bar? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. they walk into bar and then <laughs> and the old man poisons himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these ones. So the like I just said, the threes are usually associated with as um, as moon meteors. But I'm kind of confused by this too. So uh, the patch face is pretty easy. He's definitely an Azor High reborn character. He's a mm-hmm. reborn horned fool. Okay, but here are the notes that I have on him. He also has bells and is piebald, which are horse and Dothraki things. Bells. Do you want to... Let's hold off on him for... I'm still trying to work out these threes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Shireen, I guess, uh, would be an Asinacer Reborn Maiden figure, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm not sure. And Maester Crescent gets, like, weirwood imagery, which I think oh, you yeah, I noted. That. I have that. Yeah, read off those. What are those quotes? He has a web of veins, and he has, you can see the shape of bones through him. There's, like, something about his papery skin or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I noted, like, the web specifically. He has, like, a web. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's see. His flesh was wrinkled and spotted. The skin so papery thin you could see the web of veins and the shape of bones beneath. Right. The papery is, you know, tree language. Mm -hmm. And bones are always associated with the weirwoods because of the color. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think this is like, you know, three kind of results of the, the moon meteors, I, I guess. Like, there's the Weirwood, there's the Azor High Reborn, Green Man, and then the Maiden character who's like half frozen, half dead. I just I think. Uh, noticed I think another... three friends. I noticed another bone reference for, for Crescent, and it's when he thinks about Melisandre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty good. Are there any other threes? Yeah, the next three is uh, the clever man, the clever bird, and the clever fool. Okay. That one is something. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm being vague, but I, I guess I'll just say again that, like, these are different expressions of, you know, obviously the the ravens are, I think we've already identified those as moon meteors. Aren't they others? Because it's a white raven in this, so it would be, like, an other, right? Yeah. Because it brings, like, winter? Yeah. And it's white, just like the like the Kingsguard and the Kingsguard are others, right? Mm. The white ribbon thing seems confirmed to me. There's a, they're also part of a pattern of like many black things and a few white things. So like the black brothers and the in the Kingsguard and the all the black Valyrian swords and Dawn and all, all the, the wolves and ghost. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's just like a recurring thing showing us that I think whenever the like one meteor hit the the ice moon, it chipped off a little bit of it. Or like it says in the Lightbringer thing, it cracked open the face of the moon. That would be the ice moon because it's like still the one that people most people remember. And that crack is like where the others come out of. So that's the white meteor coming down. But there's going to be way more of them the next time because that pattern will be reversed. Like the yin yang. I think that's what that means. Maybe. Okay. All right. The next three <laughs> is the dragon, the wizard, and the rain god. Okay. Mm. Yeah, these are things that Renly says that he is when he's a baby. So these, this is just a description of Zora High Reborn. This, yeah, yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I wrote this one down because we know that Renly is one of those. So these are the things that Zora High is too. Yeah. The I mean, the rain god is basically. You could also easily call that the storm god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was like, I, I underlined the rain god part because that was like so, you know, that came so out of nowhere to me. Yeah, this is a new god that we don't know. Yeah. 
Who's this guy? No, and it feels totally normal for a child to like play as a dragon or a wizard. Grain mm. god. I guess just because it's like the culture of Storm's End, right? Of the Stormlords is like a rain god. Okay. It is, yeah. The So the Stormlanders and the Greyjoys are like basically the same but flipped. They both have an ocean and, and storm deities and they have the same colors but flipped. Oh, they do. Yeah, they're they're basically like you know the kind of summer and yeah. night king. Or... No, that makes sense uh, if it's like because that's the storms end thing. It was just uh, I don't know. It was just sticking out to me as as a thing that has not been mentioned yet as being a thing in culture. Yeah, being oh, sure, rain yeah. gods. Yeah, because they kind of have like seven gods that they know yeah. about, and it's it's weird to have another one appear. <laughs> But yeah, it's almost yeah. like the culture isn't homogenized. Mm. Yeah, that that stuff I think is left over from whatever gods the first men had yeah. before they took the old gods. And probably like mm-hmm. the the seven are like very much you know distinctly not like rain god or fire god or yeah, the god of they're they're not, not like really the god like of a thing. They they they're mm. much more like Catholicism or like much more like Christianity yeah, like societal as societal gods. As, yeah, entities of like split entities of one thing. Or like aspects of mm-hmm. one aspects of one god in the way that it it is in most Christian tr- religions, and it makes sense because it's like clearly George's stand-in for Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Also, Catholicism has three, and the seven have seven. Does that mean anything? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, these are obviously numbers he pulled from like cultural myths. So, th- yeah, that's you know, we also have like seven sacraments. Uh, seven deadly sins. So yeah, these 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 numbers are obviously like not things George made up. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> George did not invent numbers. What? Hate to break it to you. <laughs> oh no. No, but like Harry Potter fans like are probably like unironically like this. Is the thing. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> when you like you know Nicholas Flamel was not invented by J.K. Rowling. The Philosopher's Stone? Philosophy wasn't invented by him. <laughs> okay, and then the, la- the last three is just Robert Stannis and Renly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they kind of, like, play different versions of the... Stannis is pretty much always the Winter King or, like, you know, Night King, Night's mm-hmm. King. Renly is, like, over and over referred to as Robert's, like, ghost or Robert, like, reborn or whatever. So if Robert's, like, the first Summer King that he dies and then winter starts and the world starts dying basically but then renly is there for like a little bit until he <laughs> gets killed but then he gets reborn as uh, garland terrell for a bit on the blackwater and he also gets uh, gendry gets like the ghost of renly epithet but like it's just kind of showing us like the brother brother conflict between these two kings that like whenever robert is hunting his own sigil in the forest Mm-hmm. Obviously, when Renly and Stannis are fighting, but I don't know if I can do much with the number of them. There's definitely three of them, though. There are three. The thing is, there's, there's three, three of, them, of them, and their grandma is a Targaryen. Right. We'll think about them being three of them more. We'll figure okay. this one out. I mean, there's three three Stark boys. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The next thing to There's do 33 is... 33 Frey boys. That one is a yes. I, I actually have three <laughs> sisters in real life. Does that mean anything? Oh, I 
think that means that they'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I am one of three siblings. Okay, that one ma- matters. And I'm the you youngest. You get to be me too. <laughs> you okay, get to you, kill someone. You get to be the sun god, the summer man. <laughs> okay, day man. I, I should <laughs> watch out for for shadows that look like my older sister. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't be having that. <laughs> the next thing is to take all the new characters and figure out what their myths are. So we already did Crescent. Mm-hmm. He's a weirwood. I think so. Because he has veins and he has bones. Confirmed. Yes, I agree with that one. The next one is Shireen. She has blue eyes and she almost died. So I think she's another. Yeah. She definitely fits like the, the pattern of the like... Or Salise like... It, is a Night's Queen figure. She has, like, the... I've gone off on this yeah, she's uh, pale. In, the, in the chat. Yeah, she's pale. She's um, very icy, always described icily and, and cold. And she has, you know, all the trouble with birthing children and, you know, one child that is quote-unquote deformed, which, like, it's kind of ableist what George does, but with the, like, it's the same kind of with Robert Aaron, mm-hmm. where... It's like a, a, the sickly child of, of the nice queen figure is like a common thing. Or like many stillbirths or or, or both. Uh, whenever you're a Targaryen, you usually get a dragon baby. Or like a lizard baby, rather. But anyway, Shireen, um, she is like, yeah, half stone. Yeah, she's half stone. She's half stone dragon. Her great-grandma is a Targ. Yeah. I feel like I can't really can't really talk too much about her until we like flesh out more of the kind of weirwood goddess stuff and 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 the maiden the like triple goddess stuff mm-hmm. with the maiden and the crown and the mother. So I think we got to hold off on her. Okay. But Patchface, do you want to talk about Patchface? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's next on my list. So he has he has an antler helm. I think he's a zombie. He's definitely a zombie to me. I think well, he's kind of a. F- I mean. Failed green seer, which is also kind of ableist, I think. But uh, like, I w- was thinking back on the chapter where where Bran basically gets his dream oh. visit from Blood Raven, where he has this this vision of falling and he sees all the like uh, described as the skeletons of of a hundred or a thousand uh, other green seers on the ground, and he's also visited by by Blood Raven during a, a coma and near death experience. So my theory is that something similar happened to Patchface, and he kind of wasn't talented enough or or couldn't comprehend like the the third eye power quite as well, and is one of these. Well, maybe not one of the one of the skeletons, but like somewhere in between like he's getting visions but he's not clear enough to to interpret them as as other green seers might in the future he might understand them but yeah. he might not be able to convey them mm-hmm. which might also just be from almost drowning so like his, yeah. his disability doesn't have to be magical yeah and i also would say that like it doesn't have to be literally the case that uh even visited him while he was drowning and mm. for him to be evoking that stuff so like the but that this the reborn from kind of awakened during a during a near-death experience seems to be mm-hmm. a possible yeah, parallel for sure and, but it, he'll also do stuff like that where like people are just in dark caves and they're not even really near death they're like mm. they're experiencing darkness like with Arya. Or, 
even Eris the second everyone says that he like was changed after he came out of duskendale mm. and he was in a dungeon for like a month mm. anyway yeah so i i just want to say like it doesn't have to literally be the case for it to be showing us hints about that yeah he's in the like green sea for three days like jesus and he's reborn from the sea and he's wearing horn he's a green man Green and red. Yeah. His face is green and red. So he's both. Yeah. Well, that's the color of Bloodstone. Bloodstone? You know, the Bloodstone Emperor. Oh, I totally know it, but uh, to those who don't know. (laughs) So, Bloodstone is, I think it's a. um, I'm going to say tourmaline, but I think that's wrong. I forget what it is, but it's a green rock that has some, like, red splotches in it that look uh, like blood. Heliotrope. Yeah, and that the name Heliotrope is, um, isn't it like kind of a double entendre? Because it means to turn towards the sun because it's also the name of the flower. Mm -hmm. Uh, But whenever you put this rock into, in water, it, it like looks like it's changing the like color of the sunlight or something like that. I've never seen it. It's like really, I can't. Wow, this is very deep. Yeah, I can't find a good video of it online, but like. We'll have to get some. Yeah, thing. it's also related to Jesus because it's like there's a myth of it like being at the foot of the cross and it was just green to start with, but then his blood mm-hmm. fell on it and consecrated it. So that's why the bloodstone is like you know rocks of that have been consecrated by the blood of a god falling from the sky, yeah. which is very relevant. Yeah, green and red. Uh, that's also the eyes of children of the forest that have the green. Oh yeah, those are the special colors. Yeah, and, you know, if the Bloodstone Emperor had the gemstone eyes like all the other ones, then he would have had uh, red and green eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he he's Bloodstone colored, he's Christmas colored, <laughs> and he's got antlers, and yeah, I really liked this pool that you had, the, the bells and the piebald horse thing. I didn't ever link that to the Dothraki, I like that. I feel like the bells must be, like, so Dothraki, right? Because they're, like, on his head, too, and they, like, jingle when he walks. Yeah. Doesn't... I don't really know what it means. I just, I feel like it's connected. Don't all the fools have the bells? Like, that doesn't seem like a specifically patch-face thing. I mean, one, one is literally called Jingle Bell. Oh, well, traditionally a, traditionally a jester would have bells on their hat, so um, okay. the king can yeah, we'll tell when he's coming, because you don't want to be surprised by a fool. <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's, you, you don't want to be surprised by a clown. You always want to hear that's, them coming. That's very fair. Um, I think so it's fine for something to be yeah. like accurate, but the way he brings it up like so, so much that's makes true. me think that it's yeah. important. <laughs> yeah, and Jingle Bell is also named Aegon, so he's... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, another fool dragon so i mean maybe it means that all the all the cows are actually fools well so the <laughs> thing about the bells and like they're the like spirits of or their presentations of the de- the people they've killed so if there's a little theory of lmls called the green zombies which is specifically about the last hero and his 12 that his 12 were all like resurrected green seers like john and cold hands and if the last hero or zora high like sacrificed them in front of a heart tree or whatever and killed them in order for them to be reborn as like undead super soldiers he, he i don't know if he this historical figure would have put bills in his hair or whatever the fuck but i don't know i'm just making that connection that patch faces his ringling bells and his on his antlers is like could be like his uh last hero people 
I don't know. That might be an ass pool. Aren't the Dothraki associated with others, too? They are, but they're kind of both. Mm-hmm. That's where, like, it gets muddy, because Drogo is very, very obviously, like, an Azor High figure. I, I mentioned um, the, like, idea of Danny whenever she's, like, melting into her bath. That's, like, Nissa Nissa has to, like, go into the Green Sea first to, like, open the way for Azor High. And whenever they first get to the Dothraki Sea after the wedding, she goes in first, and then she has her scene with Viserys. But all of the Dothraki follow after her, including Drogo. Mm-hmm. So she's, like, the first one to enter the Green Sea. And then, so that's similar to this idea with Patchface that he traded his seed to a mermaid for the ability to breathe underwater. So it's like, he he had to have sex with a mermaid in order to gain access to the sea. It's the same idea. Mm-hmm. And also the mermaids wear silver like Danny. And they have hairnets made out of nenimones, which the only thing I've ever seen anybody try to, like, put onto this is that it's, like, a whack-ass, like, George version of uh, an anemone. That's what I thought. I thought it was an anemone. <laughs> yeah, so people have, like, in that, too, they're, like, poisonous flowers because they sting you. And they're also, like, so it's, like, the hairnet that Sansa wears that's, like, poisonous snakes. So it's, like, gorgon hair. So that's, like, other moon maidens wearing uh, poisonous hairnets. Okay. Okay, that seems good. Next character that we have to assign something to is Davos. I think he's a green man? Uh, yeah. Onions are kind of green. Yes. Oh, I nailed yeah. it. Like the new onions, or what's it called? Spring onions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Davos, uh, he plays Last Hero uh, quite a bit, a lot. He mm-hmm. is rescuing babies a lot. He's a good, he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. We all, we all like him, yeah. I also noted that yeah. it said that he was faded from the sun, which I thought was maybe something. It could be. I'm not sure. Oh, you know who else is green? Shrek. Onions. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. We're cracking this wide open. <laughs> Okay, so the next one is Stannis. Stannis also has something about how, like, he's interacted with the sun. He's, like, sun-cured steel, which I thought mm-hmm. was interesting. But then, of course, he has all the shadow stuff. Stannis, so is, Stannis is, like, in fiction, you know, believed to be Ezra Hyde reborn, right? Mm-hmm. Mel will tell you this. Yeah. Like, is he? <laughs> I don't really think that there's one, you know, specific destiny ordained Azor Ahai Reborn. I don't believe that. That's what George, George is doing. I think that, you know, a, a bunch of different characters are going to play out different parts of it. And it's more about showing different expressions and exploring different possibilities of this archetypical story. So Stannis, one of the important things he does is that is he's one of the major links that shows us that Azor Ahai was Night's King. Because he acts out both of them at the same time, in the same way that Danny acts out the two moonsmith and the Lightbringer forging story at the same time. So D- Stannis, like, he's doing all the Mel theater stuff where he's pretending to be a Zora High, but he also sets up shop in the Night Fort, he's rebelling against the throne, he's giving his seed to, like, a sorceress woman and being kind of ensorcelled by her, and all kinds of stuff like that. And oh. he's a kinslayer, too, so... The way that I got that connection was um, from all the R'hllor people saying that he's flame and shadow, and Stannis is the shadow mm-hmm. part. Yeah. I I don't know if I can... I think that they're like... It's like a yin-yang kind of thing, where like both, they're both in both. Mm-hmm. 
And then Stannis has one of those George hat lines, too. I love these. I love when I find them now. <laughs> Because it makes me laugh. <laughs> when Stannis and Cresson are talking, and Cresson's like, maybe you should treat with Renly, and Stannis says he won't. And then Cresson says, others might serve your needs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, maybe they will. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rob is named as one of those others. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rob is Night Skin confirmed. Not a joke, just correct. <laughs> All right. And then I guess Mel. She's red, is the thing. She's she's very red. She's also white. Yeah, she's She's also white. Crescent played the white part down. He didn't talk about that as much. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's weirwood colored. Yeah. She's just, like, always got the weirwood stigmata going. Yeah. I'm even kind of tempted to say that whenever she she and Crescent both drink the same poison. God, my tired brain wants to, like, do the... No, you got uh, it, dude. You're almost there. (laughs) Well, it wants to do the Cusco's poison. The poison <laughs> mm-hmm. specifically designed for Cusco. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, they both drink the same poison. He's the weirwood. She's the, like, weirwood goddess, I guess. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's this is a depiction of Nissa Nissa, like, going into the weirwood net. But I don't really know how to square that yet. So, like, she's kind of taking his power in this scene and, you know, forcing him out. And he's also wearing Patch's helm yeah. the entire time. I, like, I feel like the thing with the helm is so important and I can't figure it out. Right. Because first Patches puts it on him and then he takes it off and then Mel puts it on him. I swear that's important. And then Celis like, asks for it to be put it back on him. Yeah. I am. I've I've been furiously turning it over in my brain. All right, we'll figure this one out. And it's really hard to say. Like you know, sometimes I feel like a crazy person, like trying to figure out if he's encoding all these and having these orders and and. No, this uh, one is important for sure. Things, this putting on being, the 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 horn helmet is matters a lot. I'm sure. What if they just thought it's funny? It is also funny. <laughs> It's not funny, it's sad. It's also a good joke. It's the classic comedy bit it's where really you put a bit. hat on someone. <laughs> <laughs> but what is that? We love when George puts a hat on. Yeah. You can't say we don't. When George puts a hat on, we lose our shit. What if... I don't like it either. George is like... A, himself is a weirwood. George is a horn guy. So if someone the like... Hat. If someone gets put a hat on, that's like... That's like an allegory for George, who is the weirwood. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Well, there's the line from Patchface that he says, "Under the sea, no one wears hats." <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that one got me. <laughs> I really thought you were gonna say a real line. <laughs> that's a real line. He says that. I think that's real. Wait, does he? He yeah. says that. It, oh it my god! Real, it's yeah. George's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it's George telling us that the sea is hell and that hell yeah. is under the sea because that's where there's no hat. Right. Imagine if you couldn't wear a hat. Wouldn't that be fucked up? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if that's telling us something about the weirwood net, like that that kings can't happen in the weirwood net or something like that. Or I'm not sure. So the, the let me throw this like schema at you real quick. So the like the idea 
that I'm fairly sold on because I see this one is hard to like reconcile with it, but I see echoes of it that are pretty solid in a lot of other places that we will get to. But the idea is that, like I said, Nissa Nissa goes is forced into the weird net by Azora High, probably. I don't really see it happening. If there is an original th- one, I don't really see it happening consensually. Mm-hmm. Nissa Nissa is forced into the weird net, and then Azora High follows her into it. She sets the thing on fire, like she sets the sword on fire. And that fire drives what was in there out, and that's what becomes the others. So there's that line whenever John burns his hand really bad and he's like in terrible pain and it says that like only shoving it into like ice would give him any re- relief at all. Mm-hmm. I'm talking that's that's that. The burning hand is the burning tree is the exploding moon. So the only thing that gave it any relief is this iciness. So they're like the others are like fire but they're encased in ice because they're like trying to soothe themselves. Uh they're like tortured demons that are you know, they're, like, driven to evil, and they're being, like, whipped along by Azor Ahai, but they are evil because they're trying to kill everybody, but it's basically just all that's left to them to do. So, yeah, Nissa Nissa, like, goes into the tree, sets it on fire so that Azor Ahai can use it, but that set, that drives the others out of it. Do you help, can you, like, see that in this scene? <sighs> no. Because <laughs> if... If Patchface puts the helmet back on after he dies, after so they both drink like purple poison fire, basically. Like, well, Mel's I actually wanted fire. to talk about the poison more. The poison is, uh, yeah, it's the same poison that it's used to kill Joffrey. It's the same, you know, snake hairnet thing that Sansa wears. It's purple. It's purple, and it's from the Jade Sea. Yeah. So I thought it was like like Danny, right? Yeah, it looks like Amethyst. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if you think about it in astronomical terms, <laughs> the moon is chilling by itself, it's doing its thing, it's not hurting anything, space and all the stars are the weird net, and then Azorai blows it up, blows up the moon, and all of these snake things fly out into the sky and poison it. So it's like... The moon is being used as poison for the Weirwood Net and as, like, an invader by Zorahai. That's oh. another thing about the the king's hand, like, mm-hmm. you know, the right hand, but they're, like, a bloody hand, usually. Mm-hmm. And that's why Sansa gets this, like, poison hairnet, but she was being used as a cat's paw. So Mel and uh, Cressa and the Weirwood both drink that poison, but she survives and he dies, and then Badgeface presumably puts his helmet back on, mm-hmm. and he's like the he's like the other maybe mm-hmm. being that, pooped out. That one does make sense to me. All right, that seems okay. We'll workshop it. Well, okay. Mel also has a heart face like a heart tree. For sure, it's fine. All right, that's all my notes. I don't know if you have any more notes. I think we covered everything I wanted to talk about. What's the gargoyle's deal again? They're dragons, they're moon meteors. They can also be comets. Like, the one time we talked about it was whenever Bran was, like, sitting on it and hanging from it. That's, like, him as the comet hanging in the sky, Mm. riding the dragon. And then he comes upon the sun and moon eclipse formation and then gets pushed out the window. And from that point, he's a moon meteor. Why is there so many in Dragonstone? Like, you said the thousand thing, but it's just just too many for one castle. (laughs) <laughs> the Valerians are like really gaudy. Right. They're yeah. just really extra. 
Also, you said you said Cusco poison like an hour ago, and I keep thinking about the Night King's new group. <laughs> he just he just needs Davos to teach him to build his castle somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Isma? I guess it's Mel. No, but like in myth terms. <laughs> I guess she's the crow. But she's evil. <laughs> Night's queen. The Knight's Crone? Yeah, I don't know. She's Nissa Nissa. I, yeah, let's end this. Yeah, I think we, we covered everything. Okay. Every, yeah. any, if, anything, if anyone has anything else to say about this prologue, say it right now. We're closing the book. We'll I never be I able to talk about it again. Okay. I no. think we will talk about this, most of these characters again. They might come up. We might see them. We might not. It's George's choice. Yeah. Not Crescent, though. Any, any more thoughts on Crescent? <laughs> yeah. R.A.P. F. Uh, F. We didn't have to do this. F. You said Renly was baby, so I respect you. <laughs> Fuck everybody else. I yeah, I pity him. I feel yeah. bad for him. I wish he wish he'd pulled out. Wish he'd bailed. Unfortunately, there were so many signs where he he should have stopped. Like so many things were going wrong. The, the vibes were just bad in the room. He should have thought maybe I poison her another day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do that after, like, everyone is literally clowning on you. Literally. Yeah. Literally made him a clown. Literally. Should we do a mm-hmm. quick round of lemon cakes? Yeah, sure. My lemon cake is going to be going to sleep. <laughs> okay, good night. Good night. Yeah, that's a good one. My lemon cake is playing Disco Elysium again and then listening to the soundtrack, which is good. My lemon cake's going nice. to be a contradiction to that 2015 FMV murder mystery game yes. and having played it with my friends, some of them in this call. <laughs> <laughs> Did you finish it? Yes. Oh, it yeah. I kicked, I kicked its ass. I'm, I'm sure everyone else helped, but I was the winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, then we are a full gamer podcast now because my uh, Lemon Kick is also a video game. I've been playing uh, Limbo again. Oh, hell yeah. When I played it the first time, I like I started it and I played it from beginning to end in one session. I didn't do that this time, but it's still very good. I like the very like simplistic style and you can jump, you mm. can grab, that's it. But it has very yeah. creative puzzles and yeah, it's, a very good uh, vibe. It's a great vibe. I like when games do a lot with very little. Okay, did you got... Did you got one? Contradiction counts for mine too. Okay. Is my video game sleeping? <laughs> I'm sure. an expert gamer. I actually I suck at sleeping. <laughs> Fuck. You, I'm a noob. You have to practice more. <laughs> yeah. You're a sleeping noob. Yeah. What's <laughs> a sleeping practice? <laughs> Thanks for listening, Bye, everyone. Everybody, love you. Listen to our other podcasts. Listen to. Bye. Who watches the watch? Fred says five. Uh, Age of Pods. Be, be rude to us on Twitter, please. Yeah. Fuck your... Please. We want we some... Need it. Yeah, that's good. Please, please bully it. We want to make some enemies. You want some, some Twitter beef. All right. Anyway, the podcast is over. Fuck yes. Jorah. Fuck Jorah. Fuck Littlefinger. Fuck Jorah. Fuck Littlefinger. Fuck Tywin. Fuck Randall. Fuck Littlefinger. Okay. Bye-bye.